Yo! What it is, everyone? Welcome to the Thursday afternoon show. I forgot, because we've been doing Raw Rant on Mondays, when a video ends, it automatically goes to, like, the scene. So I was waiting for it to go to our scene. I was like, oh, that's Uh right. I have to click it in this program. Cool. Hey, welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Thursday show. Um, We like to fondly call it the Pickle Party for all you old school fans. Shane, how you doing, brother? Good, brother. Good, good. Uh, We have one heck of a show for you guys today. I am telling you right now, we got some, we're not only are we going to talk Star Trek Episode 7, but we're going to be talking about all kinds of really interesting things. We're going to be talking about, oh, maybe a new Star Trek show coming out called Uh, Starfleet Academy. uh, We're going to be talking about, what? We're going to be talking about, um, oh, we have so many things to talk about. We're going to be talking about maybe a little Gwyneth Paltrow a little later. We're going to be talking about some Grace Randolph. We're going to be talking Doomcock with all the weird drama going on. He's trending again for for this thing with Robert Meyer Burnett, which I think is hilarious. Um, so <sighs> we've got all that to talk about. Um, bro, we have some really amazing things coming up. Just a, just a couple things I want to share with everybody here really quick. Uh, we have uh, it's it's not official yet, so everybody keep this on the lowdown, okay? Um, it is official. It will be official next week. But uh, us here, the Popcast guys, and the Salty Nerd Pop- Podcast together, we are doing this event, a Star Trek Picard season three event. Okay, it's going to be taking place in Las Vegas. It's going to be all ten episodes back to back to back to back, right? And uh, it's going to be one long day. It's going to be at a great uh, theater where you can uh, recline, eat, all that good stuff, enjoy the whole day. It's going to be a festival. I think it's going to be called the 10 Forward Festival. And we're going to be doing that next month. So listen, tickets aren't available yet, but they will be coming out. And uh, we might have some, you know, Star Trek people there. I don't know for sure. You don't know. can't say nothing yet. But anyways, stay tuned for more information. If you're in the southwestern United States, this is someplace you want to be probably in April. So anyways. Yeah. Grace should report on the Doomcock R&B drama. She'll probably get it wrong, but she should. <laughs> so we should just assume that whatever she says is the opposite, right? <laughs> in the words of James, uh, James Gunn, uh, the sky is blue and everything uh, Grace Randolph spews is bullcrap. <laughs> well, before we get deep into the business today, we need to first pay the bills and uh, we need to talk about our amazing uh, um, sponsor for this episode, and that's Extra Wallets. Extra. Um, listen, guys, I don't know if you guys are in the market for a new wallet, but the next time you are, like, I know mine, I, I usually use mine until they wear out. But if, the next time you are, I want you to check out these Extra Wallets. Okay, it's uh, they're very futuristic looking. Brian's going to pull his out right now so that we can look at it. And... Uh, it holds up to 12 cards. It's um, it's like a smart wallet, basically. It's got this RFID protection, so somebody can't come by and scan your information and steal your credit cards. It's also got a tracking feature, so you can track it. If you, I lose my wallet at least once a year, and thank God my wife usually finds it. But uh, So, yeah, definitely you guys are going to want to check this out. Um, the next time you get a wallet, definitely give them a look. Here's how you do it. You go to extra wallets. You go to shop.extra.com slash the popcast. You're going to get 25% off your order when you use code the popcast. And we'll put that link in the description below. So give them a check uh, when you get a chance. Yeah, here, fun life hack too. Um, you can take your extra wallet tracker 
and drop it in your wife's purse on her way out. You can always Whoa. know where she's at. Extra does not support what <laughs> just you slide, just said. <laughs> slide it in her purse. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Extra oh. does not support. In fact, I really hope they stop watching that read-in I just did. <laughs> they're like, oh, my God. Brian from the podcast just gave people ideas on how to track their wives. I'm totally kidding. You, you can see, like, Extra in, like, a lawsuit, like, you know, in, in, in five years where somebody, like, killed their spouse. <laughs> no, 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 no. We got a super chat from Play the High Note. Hey, guys. Loved all the episodes up until this week's episode. This was the most Kurtzman Tone Trek episode ever. Please tell me the tone lightens up. And here's the deal. Um, I told you guys last week, this episode's going to be a lot of information setting up the final act. So it's going it, to. Yeah, we'll, we'll go through it. And like, we're going to go through it here. Uh, the tone. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of dra drama here. And like we've said before, Star Trek in the 90s is a little bit different than it is now. We're more focused on. I mean, look, we're never going to get back the TNG feeling. The T, you know, it's never going to happen. Um, but what we do enjoy is the characters are, you know, these are our characters 30 years later. And I don't know how you guys, if you, when you guys started watching TNG, but like I started when I was 14, I am now going to be 50 this year. So I've grown along with these characters over the years. And so my life experience mirrors a lot of the things that are happening. And so maybe that is another reason why I love it so much. Um, but I just feel like the story is really fantastic. I feel like even though there is some really dark elements to it and there are some down things in the end, just remember that hope always um, succeeds uh, in Star Trek, in good Star Trek. So we wouldn't be reporting uh, what a great season this is if you were going to get to the end of it and and not like it. Imagine that. Imagine like it's awesome. In the last two episodes, it goes like <laughs> they take they, they, they take the Titan to like. Uh, the discovery timeline and they join the fight. <laughs> right. No, so no, but here's the sad thing is a lot of people are like kind of worried about something like that. And I get why they're worried about it because that's kind of what's happened in the past. You know, things sure. have started out. Okay. Not this long. No star Trek show that we haven't liked has gone seven episodes still being good and then messed us up. It usually happens after like episode two. So, right. I mean, you know, if you're feeling it and you're enjoying it, I mean, Vatic story. Oh, my God. I can't wait to talk about that. Um, but before we do that, I think we had a couple other things. Yes. This Monday coming up on Raw Rant, um, two o'clock Pacific Standard Time. You're not going to want to miss that. We have Captain Shaw himself coming on the panel. Um, it's going to be absolutely fantastic. The Stashwick. Todd Stashwick. He's, he's so generous with his time. Uh, we appreciate him so much. He's going to be coming on the show and he's going to be answering all the fan questions um after seven episodes and um so you won't want to miss that the oh yeah i love that the stash that graphic image the stash wick cool. is making his uh debut on raw rent right and uh so we've got and of course we'll have robert meyer burnett and uh the salty nerd guys probably matt kadish and and maybe uh dave cullen hopefully will join us also on monday so it'll be fun we got a super chat from doomed huh midnight's edge claims that secret hideout Owns the new characters in season three and a continuation without Kurtzman isn't possible. Do you all know if that if that's true? Okay, so yeah, so all of the characters are owned by Paramount CBS, period, the end. Yeah, that's uh, all Secret Hideout is doesn't own anything. They might they might get revenue share for the stuff that they've created in perpetuity, but they don't own any characters. That's just not the way it works. And let me clear something else up. Love the guys over at 
Midnight's Edge. They're wonderful. I don't know. Uh, I don't know where they're getting this info. We've been hearing a lot. Somebody told them one of their and and to be fair, I think they said uh, it's not. It's a rumor. Um, I don't think they said it's 100% official, but they're, they're reporting that Alex Kurtzman has been renewed through 2030. So just some reality checking on that. You know, uh, as far as we know, that's not the case. And it really doesn't make a lot of sense because his contract is already through 2026. So he's already got that extension through 2026. There's no right. reason for them to extend him three years early for to, to they just wouldn't do it, especially with the financial problems that they're having right now over at Paramount. So it's likely if they do renew his tr- contract, then it would be probably midway through 2024 is when that would happen. Uh, but to give you guys, you know, and, when it, and it wouldn't be for three or four years. Like it wouldn't just be, oh, here's another quick, quick three years. On three, your I mean, it could, they could do small extensions. No, they could. It absolutely could. But, um, it's a they random would have number, like, though. It would be based on like a plan, right? right. Going forward. And right. right now, the plan is being kind of messed up. So, like, Discovery's out, right? And now we've got the show we're going to talk about today, Starfleet. I don't want to get too much into it, but the focus really isn't on Alex Kurtzman and what he does with Star Trek. The really focus is. How can we encourage um, Alex Kurtzman to hire showrunners that will make good Star Trek? Because we know that Alex Kurtzman isn't making the shows himself. He's really like he's the business arm of Star Trek. So he's making sure everything's on time. He's hiring the people. He's okaying the ideas. Right. But it's the showrunners that really come up with the ideas and sell the show to him. And then he says, "Okay, go make it. I mean, in all fairness, um, as much as we've been frustrated with, with a lot of Star Trek in recent years, it's Alex who told Terry to go ahead and do it. You know what I mean? So it's not, it's, it's, so what we're trying to say is we shouldn't be so hyper-focused. Go do whatever you want. I'm going over here. (laughs) Yeah. We shouldn't be so hyper-focused on Alex Kurtzman as much as we should be focused on, okay, who's making these shows? Like we're going to explore who's making the next Star Trek Starfleet show. And we can get an idea of what tone or what that might be going forward. So, you know, I think that's what the focus should be on. Yeah. And to be fair to Midnight's Edge, um, it's like they report on rumors. Like the difference between us right. is like we we don't report on rumors. We just we report on only facts. So like, I mean, sometimes we'll get something if we feel like it's strong. And to if Tom it has to be and, really strong, right? And but to Tom and Andre's credit, they might feel like it's strong. The problem is, is that it's just and who knows? I mean, I guess it's possible that it did happen. Uh, it's I'm just telling you guys that that's not what what we've heard, and it's not likely at this time based on everything going on. So. Yeah, any I, I, to be honest, from my perspective, anyone that runs that show, <laughs> that show is not going to work out because it's in that just horrible timeline. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to, you know what? I'm trying to just keep an open mind, and I'm going to be like, look, I'm going to do the same way we do every Star Trek show. You're going to get a chance until you prove that it's not good, and that's it. <laughs> and then we're going to give you the honest to goodness truth. Uh, now, there, there, if if you have history. You have to take that in a little bit of consideration, right. but I'm not going to prejudge people on their history. I, I believe a leopard can change its spots. Right. <laughs> you know, I do. I sure, do but that. they're like, uh, Michelle Paradise is uh, leading the new uh, Starfleet Academy in the 29th century. We're like, okay. <laughs> right. Well, that would give us some information, but it's it's not Michelle that's running it. Right. So uh, it is somebody else, and we'll, we'll go into that. But, you know, you're it's right. Ma- it's there, Mark you Hamill. To, like, take the history. <laughs> Also, it's going to be really interesting. It's really interesting to see who uh, to see how Discovery season five goes like there is a lot of, you know, and I don't think that it would be a complete correction for every Star Trek fan. 
But I do think that they recognize that in season four, there were so many things that that just were not properly done well, you know, in this in the season that they've admitted that they've made a bunch of corrections for season five changes to the way they do it. I don't know if it's going to make everybody happy. That's not happy with, with Star Trek Discovery, but they are aware that there's something happening. So we have to wait and see what Star Trek Discovery season five is um, before we can really even put more into Starfleet Academy, which is coming out in 2024. So, yeah. Right. But fool me four times. No, no, I don't. (laughs) Listen, you can't fool me at all. So here, you can't fool me. Like, I'm not going to like go. It's going to be great, everybody. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be like, (laughs) well, I think probably it's might not be good, but I'm not going to rail against it. Yeah. I'm not going to encourage people That's, not to go enjoy it or watch it. As a result, when the episodes come out, we will judge them fairly and honestly, episode by episode, and give you, you know, exactly you what. You know what? And here's think. the deal. Either way, it's going to be a good time for everyone, for you guys. Right. Think about it. Either either the show is, like, surprisingly good, and we're like, oh, look at that. Or we get to talk about it and make fun of it for an hour every Thursday. So, <clears throat> right. sometimes. Oh, yeah. and That's true. Like, we can break it down or we and listen once again we I want to go back to the whole thing like nobody's trying to make bad television out there right you know so misunderstood people who do a poor job uh they still work really hard to create the product and we just I don't want to forget that you know I it's, it's not lost on us lately the how easy it is for us to come on here and completely tear down somebody's product in five minutes right that they spent like three years working on and so, you know, we never want to, we want to be honest about our criticism. And if it's bad, we're going to tell you it's bad, but it's never going to be like, wow, you know, that person is horrible because of result. You know what I'm saying? We're not going to do that. So, but we'll always be honest. Hey, super chat from John, John Burns. No, it's who's not picking up dark matter. Damn it. Yeah. No one dark matter is, uh, it's, uh, it's not, there's not going to be another dark matter. I don't, I don't see it happening, but you know Ooh. what? That cl- that clears up uh, Joe to maybe work in some Stargate. Who knows? Yeah, we would love Joe to be able to finish off his his dark matter, but you know, just kind of behind the scenes, it's just not really. I don't even think Joe's confident that that that's going to happen. Um, but you know, he's been tweeting a lot about Stargate lately. He's been tweeting that? a lot about Stargate, way more than average. And I promise you, he's going to know before most of us do. And we've been following Joe for like six years. So, like, we, yeah. we're aware of how much he tweets about Stargate, and this is, like, out of control. Well, he went, he went, he was having, like, a really, he was tweeting a lot about it for a while, and then he it completely went away. And right. now, lately, he's been really bringing it back and asking, what kind of show do you want to see, Amazon? You know, very interesting types of tweets, I think. Yeah, they're, they're like, almost like they're, like, uh, like, he's asking questions to fans about what to do and what to pitch to Amazon. Hmm. But that's a rumor. So here's another another thing real quick is uh, I love Joe Malazzi's food tweets. He'll tweet like a um, a basil tomato basil cookie. What do you guys think? Like every like every so often, it's because you're hungry all the time. It's some insane food choice, and almost everyone's like, "Hell no!" And I'm always like, "Yes, I want to try that." <laughs> <laughs> almost every time i'm like yeah i'll try that why not he's got you hooked man yeah he does i do i love joe he's he's awesome i can't think of any other um things we have oh we we do have if you guys haven't had a chance to see it we've got a james t kirk is back video that's out right now uh so if you guys want to know what we think 
uh, Section 31 might be up to with uh, James T. Kirk's body at, at uh, Daystrom Station. Give that a check uh, video out. And then I think we have more coming up. We've got some some really interesting videos. We can't put them out now, but we've got a, like a Chris Monfett full interview, like hour and a half long interview that just goes, does all the background of Picard season three and like everything as well as one with Terry Metalis at the end. Of it. But we can't air them till the end of the season because there's too many spoilers in it and it would ruin it. So we have to wait. And those will be coming out like right after the season's over. So, yeah, I think that's what we got. All right, man. So uh, rock and roll, Big Daddy. Let's, right. uh, you want to jump into the. <clears throat> yeah, let's let's okay. do what people have come here for. Spoilers okay. ahead, folks. So just spoilers ahead. Yeah. Oh, by the way, um, if you're if you're getting ready to like smash the keyboard and yell at us for the Tuvok uh, thumbnail. <laughs> we, oh, yeah. We weren't going to put Tuvok on the thumbnail. Right. Um, we actually produce these things a lot of, you know, ahead of time. But then we saw that like official Stargate, I'm sorry, Star Trek and the ready room put it out there. Yeah. So Paramount, StarTrek.com and Tim Russ, Tuvok himself, all tweeted out this morning and put out on social media that Tuvok is back at 630. So I know a lot of you don't like to come on and you haven't seen the show. Now, the good news is a lot of people across the pond, a lot of people in Europe actually got this episode early. They didn't have to wait the extra day, so hopefully nobody's going to be upset. Listen, yeah, we're we we aren't the first ones to drop it, but you know, once it starts coming out, it would not be to our benefit to leave him off the thumbnail, uh, so people can see it. But yeah, don't kill the messenger. I know on Twitter, Trek Central and a bunch of other YouTubers were complaining right. that people were mad at them, and we're like, look, <laughs> Johnny, oh mate, why are you putting blame Star Trek on the thumbnail? Uh, the spoiler on the thumbnail. All right, here's the deal. Yeah, blame them. They have way more reach than we do. So, well, yeah, even the re- but we waited 12 hours. So, right, you know. they, we waited 12 hours. They waited four. So, <laughs> I would say if you're like if you are like really watching the show and you care about what's going on, and if you can't watch it, I get it. But just you know, you might want to stay off social media the morning, the next morning for sure. Yeah, uh, didn't Terry say something about that recently? He said uh, something about this. I, I saw it on Twitter. He was like. Listen, if you guys don't want to be spoiled, you need to stay off Twitter for the next three weeks. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, if you're not watching it, I mean, and look, I don't, I think we're all adults. We all understand that, like, the, everybody's not going to wait for you to watch it. It's just not how it works. You have to, like, you know, oh, my God, I wanted to watch that. You know, you ruined it for me because I was looking for something else on YouTube. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know? Be, you know, maybe skip YouTube for until you get a chance to watch it or make it a priority to watch the show if you're really enjoying it, you know? Yeah, um, I do. I do. I looked into that. <clears throat> the episode actually released early, according to our Discord. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Um, if you are not in our Discord, uh, the link is in the description. It's a great place uh, full of uh, scum and villainy. But um, <laughs> and good people, too. And good people. Uh, it's like uh, it's like uh, Tatooine meets uh, 10 Forward. Anyways, um, uh, they were posting in there at like nine o'clock at night that it was available on Amazon Prime uh, over overseas. So it looks like they're they might be fixing the whole not available in the UK thing for two days issue mm, uh, by utilizing Prime. So well, it wasn't <clears throat> fair. It wasn't fair for them to have to wait, and it really it doesn't make any sense why they should have to wait. So um, I mean, there's nothing in the world keeping them from making it available. 
overseas at the same time. So, right. Yeah. What is weird though is they should really. I wish they would stop releasing them at midnight. I, I, I we need to get to the bottom of why they release these things at midnight Pacific Standard oh, Time, I know. three a.m. Eastern. I know why. I don't know. I know exactly why. Why? And why? and the thing is, like, I wanted to explain it to someone on Twitter who asked, but it's 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 such a complicated thing to explain. You can't explain it hundred hundred characters. Bottom line is, it's not actually releasing Wednesday. It's releasing Thursday. Right. Pacific Standard Time, the second, the moment the clock turns Thursday, it's rele- the, their website is releasing the episode. You get it? Got it. It's well, they, But they set up the time. Well, no. They just set up the date. It's just, it's a well, Thursday right, release. Could they set up a time, too? Could they make it, like, you know, a time that everybody can see it, I guess? Because what happens is you wake up in the morning, you open your phone, and you haven't had a chance to watch it, and boom, there's spoilers. So um, I actually thought about that, too. And I went back to our previous uh, shows that we covered when they were all streaming. They all released the second the clock turned that day. No, I don't know. Right. No. I don't know if Paramount Plus has the ability to tell to actually give it a time. I think maybe they have. I think it's a date. That's it. Yeah, maybe that's why. Well, I mean, it'd be cool if they came out and said, "Look, guys, sorry about the midnight releases, but that's the only way to get it out to you." You know. All, all to get out to get it out to everyone at, at the same time, and that's important right. because remember Peacock. Oh Peacock, yes, Peacock has uh, time and day release where they can they can actually set the time. Bro, it is not consistent. Right. I I I managed to get Quantum Leap at like six o'clock in the afternoon before it even aired on television. Yes, because on the East Coast it had already quote unquote aired, and they were right. releasing it on Google Play. I do prefer that it all releases at the same time. Uh, yeah, it's better the that they release at the same time than different yeah. time zones getting it all jumbled up because that's, I agree. that's confusing. But I got to tell you, it's not great. I've you know, staying up until two o'clock in the morning <laughs> every every Thursday morning. You know, Wednesday night, Thursday morning is not cool. Yeah, my 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 wife was like, uh, my wife went to Mexico today, right? <clears throat> um, we live in SoCal, and she's going going to Mexico to uh, pick up cheap stuff. Uh, it's a whole thing. But anyways, she was gonna leave. In the morning, but when I told her I had to stay up and <laughs> watch this, these TV shows, she's like, oh, I'm just going to leave now then. <laughs> awesome. Anything to to get away from having to watch Star Trek with you. I love it. Right. That's what it was. She goes, oh, I think I have to leave now. <laughs> oh, right. I invited her to our 10 forward fest. She's like, um, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> she's not even she's super polite. polite. She doesn't want to watch. She doesn't want to watch 10 hours of Star Trek with a bunch of sweaty nerds in a in a movie theater. <laughs> she don't want to watch one hour of Star Trek. She doesn't want to watch 10 nerds. minutes of Star Trek, right? It's, listen, it's going to be comfortable. There's going to be like recliners. We're gonna, there's going to be food. Listen, it's going to be it's going to be a paradise for anybody who goes to watch. It. I'm just saying. Yeah. All 10 episodes back to back. Oh, I'm so looking forward to it. It's going to be good. Okay. That said, let's jump in to the review. I don't know why I said it that way. My bad. <laughs> To the review. I'm uh, channeling on. my inner uh, Grace Randolph. What are we doing today? I think you're obsessed with Grace Randolph. I think you secretly love her, even though you you seem to not be able to stand. I mean, her. she's not. She's not. Talk about she's that. not ugly, but you no, know, she. I think she's cute. But really, I just like the way she talks drives me nuts. And then on top of it, always being wrong is making me crazy. Kind it's of funny to watch people. Are- we're going to talk about it later on, but like she is literally driving me nuts and she doesn't even know who I am, which makes it even more infuriating. All right. Like I said, you're like 
You're like borderline stalker level coming. It's it's happening. Like, uh, well, listen, I that's what the judge said. That's not how I see it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's. Do I mean, this. she is cute though. You can't. You got man. She's like she's cute. I I don't think so. But go ahead. I mean, she's a nerd. Like, all right I get it but her personality overwhelms yeah oh personality is so rough all right yeah here we go if you don't know how this works it's pretty simple if we like something we give it an upvote if we dislike something we give it a downvote and at the end of the review we're gonna average those two numbers and come up with an official podcast score we are reviewing episode seven season three the final season of star trek picard titled dominion mm, well said thank you i practiced that in the mirror <laughs> okay cool all right with only three episodes left guys we are approaching the climax of star trek picard season three and things are moving quickly so uh we're gonna get into this last week's episode ended with Jordy and data being reconnected with the tng family and Riker being captured only to find out vatic already has diana uh, we also learned that the thing the changeling stole from daystrom station was picard's body so with Frontier Day now eminent, you know, what is our old crew going to do to stop whatever's about to happen? Save Will and Deanna at the same time. And uh, so let's let's go. Dun, what do dun, we got here I love the intro. Is where is where are we at here? Oh yeah. So I love this. Like one of the things about this show that I absolutely love, and I want to give it a, a vote uh, upvote right away, is I love their intros. Okay, so terry and the team have done these gorgeous like space shots through this entire show and then we get some sort of music or something happening in this scene right here we get this like eerie uh whistling pop goes the weasel actually, pop goes the weasel yeah. right sorry um and then it kind of goes over all this space junk floating around and we realize that they're here in the um, in the Chintoka scrapyard. Chintoka scrapyard. Chintoka scrapyard. So the Chintoka. This is what's really cool. This is why they. I love the way they do this stuff. You guys may not know what the Chintoka thing is, right? So the Chintoka scrapyard is a leftover from the Chintoka war, Chintoka uh, battle, which happened during the Dominion War. There were two battles that happened during the Dominion War at Chintoka. The second one, the Federation lost all 100 lost lost all but one of 312 allied ships it was a major uh defeat apparently it was three blind mice my bad about that guys what would you say i said pop goes the weasel no that was the that was the old song this one's three blind mice oh real quick big worm uh for super chat for 20 hours thank you big worm the reason it is releasing in the middle of the night they got to spread out the load of everyone watching it it doesn't have Mm. to do with the date has to do with hmm. the burst bandwidth needed. Source, I design systems. That's that, great. That's good to know. Yeah. Big worm, uh, thank you. That makes so much sense. That makes like, a lot of sense. Yeah, because uh, I, I just saw, I saw on the news that Rumble crashed because some big YouTuber started a stream over there. And I guess they had like 400,000 people watching at the same time. And Rumble yeah. couldn't keep up. Yeah, that, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, not everybody is Google. So, but, and I think Paramount now it, it is interesting that, that he put, he, he mentions that and that's really great information. He designs them. I trust his opinion. Um, so why is it that HBO can, it's, they do, do they not have as many viewers, you know? So, cause some of the other streaming services are able to do that. Well, Netflix is like literally like designed from the ground up for that purpose. Right. Right. Yeah. And I, I suppose Picard, uh, Paramount plus should be too, but maybe Paramount plus just doesn't you know they, they didn't put enough re- system reserves or 
resources well, remember, into it. You know, remember they started out of CBS. So the, it, was yeah, a, it was actually a CBS app, All Access. And, and, and it was actually the app, the same app that was on Roku, and they just monetized it. It wasn't, they didn't even change the system. Right. So what happened was CBS was still, still counting on their cable stuff. And the app was really just for people extra stuff. So when they first created the app, they probably didn't create it with dynamically enough. So when Paramount Plus took it over and rebranded it, they probably didn't change the skeleton that's and I bet that's why they're having problems. Yeah, I would like to know more about that because I, I I'm a I'm a systems nerd, but I don't know exactly how it works. I do know that like mm-hmm. bandwidth is is, is is hyper important, and our own website, our own websites uh, have a dedicated servers, and we have the same problem when it comes to like a lot of people coming from like one of our videos to buy a T-shirt or something. It often just like if we have a really popular video and a lot of people go to that site at the same time, it it's it, our servers struggle and like they lag and they sometimes just restart. <laughs> yeah, right. Kenneth LaRoque, super chat here. Thank you, Kenneth. Longtime member. Love you, man. Five dollars and fifty cents. So what video are you guys releasing on Saturday the first? <laughs> you know, it's funny you mentioned that, Ken, because somebody gave us a suggestion for a uh, an April Fool's video. Yeah. And uh, they they said, listen, you guys should like just say that like Legacy Trek is happening, like and that Paramount has greenlit it, and then uh, and just get everybody excited about it, and then go, oh yeah, sorry, April Fools. I'm like, you realize people would kill us. Yeah, right? no, like, no, we people, would not survive. That people would be will terrible. come to our house. So like, yeah, we won't be putting out that video. So we'll figure out something fun. I'm sure we're, we're going to do something fun, but we don't know what it's going to be yet. We we had a lot of ideas uh, going on. We every year, and this is a this plagues us, Shane. Every year, I want to do an April Fool's thing every single year, and every year we're so busy around this time that that always becomes like not even secondary. It's like maybe if there's if there's nothing else to do for twelve hours. <laughs> you know <laughs> right right because right. that would be hilarious but dude i'd be mad at myself <laughs> you know as angry as like the world is right now with everybody it's like i wonder like people are really going to take april fool's jokes wrong you know like you can see right. people like imploding you know oh my god but we'll figure out something good oh that's a good god. one Ken. Thank you. archmage has the best idea okay i'm gonna dress up as doomcock and release a doomcock video praising picard <laughs> Oh my god. Season that three would of be Picard funny. is let's fantastic. Save let's save that for after the, the, the review. All right, we'll talk about that in the members. So we're gonna talk we're gonna talk uh Yeah, now I'm gonna have to cut talk. this guys for the clip. Damn it. Yeah, who cares? Leave it in. All right, back for this. Um yeah, Shintoka scrap your oh so yeah, so this basically this is a this is a great Easter egg, Roddenberry, we like to call it. Uh, for for DS9, and it's all connected to the Dominion War, which is, I mean, think about it. Picard Season 3 is essentially, and we especially learn in this episode, it's an extension of what happened to the Dominion War. We have this uh, this branch uh, of, of changelings who are kind of, you know, doing their own thing outside of the Great Link, and they're angry. And so it makes sense that they would be hiding amongst a scrapyard full of ships that were destroyed during the war that of which is happening. You know what I'm saying? Right, yeah. Really great touch for the uh, the production team. And, oh, this episode was... Uh, most of the Picard Season 3 um, episodes, I, I do think they have, like, a writer. Um, but um, 
they really collaborate as a writing team on a lot of their stuff. So you don't go like, hey, this, this is like one person's episode and boom, it's all of theirs. But this is one of those episodes where it actually was a, um, a uh, they, they give credit to one writer, Jane Maggs. Um, they also have like, um, anyways, Jane did a really great job this episode and we haven't talked a lot about that person. And so hopefully going forward, we can maybe get him on the show to talk about some stuff. Yeah. Uh, we got a super chat from Jeremy Snyder. You want to read that for me? Uh, remember last April Fools when I deleted the entire live comment section? My falling asleep was epic. <laughs> is that what happened? All I know is that Jeremy is uh, is one of our wrenches, and it's oh. fun to see what he does in there. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, just, I just had an epic idea. Every time uh, there's a Roddenberry, I'm going to pop up Roddenberry's face right here. Oh, I like that. It's a great it's idea. Good. Roddenberry alert. Miss Eugene. I'll have to make an actual animation for this at some point. This is a good, this is fun. Roddenberry alert. Okay, moving on. And the big reveal. Yeah, so we get the scene. Well, it was kind of cool because you heard it before you saw it. And I think that's what's awesome. You When you get to the Titans bridge, you see Seven sitting in the chair. And you're like, oh, she's sitting in the captain's chair. But you heard a voice that she's talking to. And I'm like, oh, crap. Right. I know that voice. Right. That's familiar. And then when it comes around to the view screen, you see it's Tuvok. You're like, oh, my God, it's Tuvok. Yep. You know, and it's like, I love Tuvok from Voyager. Yeah. So not just... a fan of Tim Russ, but I do love Tuvok. Well, you know, <laughs> listen, Tim Russ has got his own opinions. That's all I can say. That's so true. He's a little bit. He's a little bit. Uh, he's an activist. Let's put it that way. Right, so big upvote for me though, because yeah, ju me too. just for the Rod and Mary alone, um, I, I'm or the cameo alone. I love, I love Tuvok. I've always loved Tuvok. He was one of my favorite things about Voyager. Him and Seven. So getting, seeing their relationship on screen again, you know, uh, I don't know if we're gonna ever see that again. So this, this is pretty awesome. Yeah, and I and and it's funny because it's more than just like a member berry or a, or fan service. A lot of people are like, oh, fan service. No, I mean, he's playing a specific role. So this is captain Tuvok. Okay. And he's, he's involved with Starfleet security. Right. And also uh, they talk about some things that happened. So seven mentions the Cal toe game they played. She's trying to figure out whether he's a changeling. Right now. Remember we had the Cal toe from episode four in one of the episodes, actually in one of the quarters. All right. In that right. moment, when the moment when he answers her correctly, and he's like, "I enjoyed our games of Galto." I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it right. Uh, and I, if I recall, you won a lot, and the Voyager yeah. music starts to play in the background. Big up vote from me, dog. That right. was and amazing. Seven smiles. Right, right. And you're like, "Oh, it's the real Tuvok." But this is what I love. This is where my upvote comes in. My upvote comes in because seven. This is what you got to love about seven. Seven. And if you give me the upvote, I appreciate it. Um, what I love about seven is that she's like, yes, this is probably the real Tuvok, but she's like, but I don't trust that shit. Right. Like, you know, she, you know, she, she will not, you know, just give in to anything. So she continues right. to test him, uh, even after that, even knowing he might be the real thing. And then she of course finds out that he's an imposter and, uh, and then we get a smile like this little, like, like a, a minuscule smile that you would never get from Tuvok. You know? Right. And you realize and, it's an imposter. Dude, when he breaks bad, it's awesome, though. Because he's like... Oh. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Oh, right. man, it was great. That's another upvote for me. That was 
what a, what a strong way to open up the episode because the episode does have a lot more exposition this uh, episode, um, but this was a strong opening. Right, and the reason why it's not, what and I'll, I'll repeat again, the reason why it's not just a memberberry fan service because it 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 has to do with the story. If they had just thrown on like an old character from somewhere and they're just like having a random chatty conversation that has nothing to do with the plot, nothing to do with the story, then that's the fan service that people complain about. This is not fan service. This is uh, this is moving the plot forward while be giving the fans something that makes them happy. So it's, right. I think it's important. Yeah, at least it wasn't Tuvix. That's a great point. <laughs> no, we can't. It can't be Tuvix. Um, but Plato Tuvok here. That's what I'm calling him. Plato Tuvok. Plato. Um, they they're using this this channel to disc- to talking to each other to start tracing where the Titan is, and all of a sudden, Jordy and and Captain Shaw can't turn off the tra- the the tracker that's happening on them, mm-hmm. and they're desperately trying to do it. Otherwise, they're going to find them. Uh, and then Picard comes at, at Tuvok or Changeling Tuvok and he's like, tell us where Riker is, blah, blah, blah. And of course, the same theme we've gotten through this entire episode is, oh, you guys are going to be dead. You know, and we kept hearing that over and over again from a lot of the changelings. You got a lot of revenge talk in this episode. Mm-hmm. And we get this interesting, uh, you know, sickly looking P- Riker. Uh, it was it was a good scene. Nice and got the energy up. The juice is flowing. Around. I'm already dead, Picard good <laughs> yeah it's good real good okay and then the intro well and it's, it's we funny are. because at the end of that real quick um you don't have to go back but uh jordy basically says i mean there's there's a little bit of defeatism happening here jordy says maybe we should just accept that there's nothing we can do about it and uh and then patrick stewart says something to the effect of um we're running out of time so it, it actually kind of ends us on like a a little bit of a desperate note going into the episode, making us letting us know that they're not in a they're not in a good situation at all. Uh, they're running. They're hiding constantly. It's it's not good. <laughs> right. I just read something in the chat that made me laugh. Um, yeah. You know, what I like, too, is he was like, we can't keep hiding in abandoned shipyards or whatever. And like they're running out of space. So they they, they got to make a decision fairly quickly on what to do. Yeah. OK, man. Uh Yeah. Okay. So what's what's going on? Okay. So in this scene right here, you want me to break it down? Yeah, break it down. So we're in the operations room, and there we learn here that Worf and Rafi are at Exoport. They're monitoring Starfleet security, and they've confirmed also because we didn't get the information we wanted from the Changeling. They've also confirmed that there's no mention of Riker in uh, in Starfleet security, Um, and they also we also learned that Worf and Rafi are on their way back to the Titan. We don't get any Worf and Rafi this episode. No Worf, no Rafi, no Riker, no Deanna this episode. But you don't really, I don't feel like we miss him. No. Uh, because the yeah. action is so good. Yeah, there's a lot, go, lot going on in the ship. Like, what, what have we been asking, though, for like five episodes? We constantly said, can we just get back to the ship? Right. Can we, can exactly. we, get, can we get back yeah. to the ship? Well, we're on the ship the entire episode, so. Definitely. So Jordy's having a hard time. You're a little forward on me. So Jordy's having a hard time getting, uh, keeping them hidden. And Picard's running out of time. Uh, Beverly says the changelings are unique and uh, maybe they can use that uniqueness against them by finding a tool that will help them root them out. That's like her idea. But she's also concerned, and this becomes a theme in this episode, she's concerned about crossing the line uh, and and end up, you know, in order to defeat them, having to do something like the virus that Starfleet did originally, which which was almost like genocide and, and not a good thing, right? 
Right. Although in war, it's hard to tell, like, how far do you take something, right? Yeah. I, 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 that episode, I actually watched it recently when we were doing the Kirk video. And the thing is, Odo, not like, it wasn't cool to infect Odo, your ally, in order to infect the Great Link. However, uh, the doctor, uh, Bashir, whatever his name is, does say, look, I don't think they meant to kill you or, inf- or, or infect you with symptoms. I think the purpose was for him to be a carrier because they're in a war that, like, the Starfleet was, like, we were losing. Right. We were losing the war. So you're dealing with this enemy who's not playing the same rules as you. It's not like they're playing by the same rules. They're, they can shapeshift and be whoever they want. Right. So it's 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 more detailed. And when you look back through the lens of, oh, well, it was wrong to destroy an entire race. It's like, well, was that race trying to destroy you? And at what point is there a is, is there a morality clause? You know, and everybody's got a different thought process on it. So I think in this episode, we get this theme of whether it's right to do whatever you, it takes to save yourself. And, um, you know, I know in my life it is <laughs> I'm going to do whatever it takes. Yeah. You know, to uh, to make sure that my survival continues. And we get that unique um, perspective with coming up. I don't want to ruin it yet, but we do get that perspective from the changelings as well. Right. Yeah. Archmage says, do you commit genocide in order to prevent your own genocide? Do you kill it in order to prevent being killed? Yes. If someone came into my house and he wanted to kill me, I'm going to kill him first. Right. You do. But as a Starfleet principle, as a Federation principle, I don't. That's a bigger question that that's not something that that they typically have had to deal with in Star Trek. And so I think it's an interesting dynamic that they're talking about it, trying to figure out, you know, at what point is it okay to do whatever it takes to win? Well, I mean, mean? so is the enemy doing whatever it takes? Like, that's the question. Like when are are terrorists following, following the Geneva rules of a convention? No. Right. No, that's a good point. I mean, listen, that this is not, that's not an argument that we can settle here. You know, everybody's going to have a different viewpoint on it. Ultimately, and, and this happens in the episode as well. It's all about survival. Laura right. ends up telling us that. Yes. And so let's, let's move on with a little more. Laura, Laura's take this, this episode was actually great. Yeah, it really was. So we get to data here and uh, we find out that um, Alondra has been making progress working on data. I like this. She's an engineer. Jordy's an engineer. You know, I like that she's there with Jordy helping him work on data. Uh, that's, that's part of the whole next generation, next generation thing that we've been talking about. Um, they've identified the source of the problem. Um, and as they turn them on, turn him on, we get somewhat the data we remember. He recognizes that they're not on the enterprise and asks about the scimitar. Okay. So if you guys remember the scimitar, that goes back to the last time data was actually alive. I'm not down with the whole Picard season one data stuff. I don't feel like data died at nemesis yeah so here's so, the deal and and this is why i can this is why picard and even though i didn't like Picard season, season one i'm with you this is why it can exist and my head cannon can also exist in the same space because the version of data we had in Picard season one was just a copy on a memory stick well it 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 was this this version of data, right? Because this is soon we're talking about here. So isn't this the same version of data we had? No, no, because this is the version of data that he pulled out. He pulled out of before. Oh, that's right. Okay, so yeah, this is before's data, and the soon data. Who who? Which data did soon have in in Picard season one? That was the uh, a co- some kind of copy or whatever. 
That was a copy from of what? a copy of some engrams. Like they had this like really crazy. I know, was it from B4's copy? Was it where did that come from? Someone needs to tell me. I don't think it was. I think it was you know, like it was just weird. He was like in this machine. It, anyways, I just I he, I tend to like he was like a program. That. He was a program running on a computer. It was strange. So it, it, this this to me feels good. So Nemesis, the last thing Data remembers, he's awake, and the last thing he remembers is, uh, you know, what about the scimitar? Because on the scimitar, he sacrifices himself to save Picard, blows up the scimitar, which was, if you guys recall, that was Shinzon's warship, as well as a massive uh, Thaleron radiation-based weapon, okay? And Data sacrificed himself to destroy. He shot it with a phaser. The thing blows up. Picard safely off. Yeah, yeah. he teleported gone. Picard against his will, remember? Yes, he did. That was awesome. That was the one good thing about that movie. <laughs> and here, look at this. And I love it. Like, this essentially kind of, like, kind of like retcons everything that's happened before. Right. If the first thing Data remembers is what happened at Nemesis, then that's, in our in the in the world in what we like about this is this is the next thing really for us that's happened to the tng crew right since uh nemesis right so upvote for me here please yeah i'm gonna upvote too um it's not even it's not even like oh i'm we're, we're just ignoring season one it's more like that just doesn't fall into this story the great thing about this someone did mention on um i think on our discord i think another plug of our discord i think it was our discord well, they mentioned, or maybe it was Reddit, but they mentioned, like, how would he know about the scimitar if he copied himself into before, before going to the scimitar? Well, he also has before's memories, too. And it was conveyed to before, at the that's end true. of that movie, what happened to Data. That is a good question, though. I mean, that's, I love the way Star Trek fans look at things, and they're like, you know, well, wait a second, wasn't he destroyed? Yeah, that's good. Now, it's cool when another Star Trek fan can kind of explain it and, and bridge the gap, and then whether we believe it or not or agree is is kind of where the fun argument takes place. So, right. Um, so continuing on here, so it looks like, um, so here's what's happened. So um, it looks like the the Lao and the Soong files, so Lao, Data's daughter, and Alton Soong, who's got some of his uh, memories in here. And by the way, there guys, is, Shane said Lao, not Lore. Lao. Just for all, like, the 14 comments that yelled at us about Lore not being Data's daughter. He said Lao, not Lore. Sorry, go ahead, Shane. I say Lore before? No, and, and, and because they're similar words, oh, we had a bunch okay. of comments of you, people yelling about oh, Lore okay. not well, being Well, it's Lol. Lol. So Lol is Data's daughter, right? And her, you know, personality was downloaded into Data. Right. So, but what's interesting is, is that Soong and Lal's personalities are the way it's described is their information files. They're partitioned or whatever, right? Well, yeah, but even, but they, they don't seem to have like the control factor, like they can't be in control. So it looks like that data and lore are partitioned, but they're like the, uh, the C drive or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah, drive. yeah. The, the, yeah. You're they're the main drive. Like they're in their they're own the process. They're like the partition C partition D and they're. They're in control of the operating system. This is awesome because this is yeah. also how a lot of people are. Like everyone got a little bit of good, a little bit of bad, right? Like you have the yin and yang. That's that's what yin and yang means. It means that there's a little bit of good and bad. There's a little bit of bad and good. Like nothing is black and white. I love like this dichotomy of the two characters and how it's literally represented here on screen as right and left brains. It's awesome. Yeah, no, it's cool. And I think um, it, what's interesting is, is so soon – what Jordy hypothesizes is that Soong was hoping that the two personalities of, of Data and Lore would merge and create that more human personality that Data always wanted. So I think the idea was Soong to have 
Because remember, in the in the in the video from last episode, he says it's a whole lot of data. You like he? I think he hoped that this would be mostly data, and Lore would bring in the the human qualities that he needed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that that Lore had. Um, but he was afraid. The reason why a partition exists is because he was afraid that Lore would be so strong that he was basically eliminate data right and then we would end up with just lore so they have to figure out how to uh they they want to get data working again so they can solve some of these mysteries but in order to do that they might lose data (laughs) this was the answer in season one it was a neuron one neuron from data's exploded body that bruce maddox somehow retrieved Downvote that. Can we downvote that <laughs> from episode one again? Look, look at episode start Picard seasons one and two was Picard's story and some alternate thing. To me, this is like this is the this is the first story after. I just thought it was like a dream that Picard had. <laughs> that is Chateau it, Picard. <laughs> and look, it happened. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I when you go back and try to pick out some of the things, on it, look, we got Q in season two. Made me happy to see. We Q. did get Q. That was good. Made me happy to see Q, man. It's oh, I'm always happy when I see Q. I agree. Agreed. Yeah. I hope that when I die, Q is looking over my body as I ascend, hopefully ascend and not descend to wherever the afterlife is. I Brian, hope it's Q. Uh, Brian Q is not real unless you're talking about the uh, the guys over in uh, the the uh, the comedy group Q. Wait, wait, Q's not real. <laughs> Who have I been praying to all these years? He was not real, bud. All right. Just... Son of a... <laughs> all right. That's great. Right. So he's worried that he's going to take the partition down and Lore is going to take over. Right. It's like having Windows 7 and Windows 10 dual boot. Thank you, Melinda. All right. All right. So now we, uh, after this scene's over, we end up over on the Shrike. Oh, and this is kind of a really nice moment here, or not a nice moment. It's a, an emotional moment. And this is, guys, this is the thing that I wonder if some of the people who are complaining about Picard season three, the thing that bothers them is that the fact that the characters have emotions, because I know that was a big problem in some of the old Star Trek shows is like there was people with constant like mental stress and and and, and drama. <laughs> and so I get that. But that was the the mental stress and drama taking over the episodes. Like that controlled the episode. It wasn't the characters. And so you've got Picard here who's who data is basically saying, help me, help me. And like right now he's saying, help me. And it's like mm-hmm. tearing Jean-Luc apart. And, you know, that's a very real human reaction to a, to an actual problem that's happening and not some sort of, you know, yeah. mental, mental issue. Listen, emotion is good. And when you're telling a story, um, it's not good when it becomes so prevalent that the ship is having an emotional. Uh, right. Yeah. Okay. It's, then it becomes about when the, the ship has trauma. to take a mental health day because it's, it's having issues. That's, that's when you've gone too far. <laughs> right. Right. So all of you guys that are on the fence and are saying, Oh, well, this is just more of the same stuff. It's not. So yes, there's, this is an extraordinarily emotional moment you know, Picard is under duress because his friend, this this android that he loves, is in distress and is right. basically being tormented. And so he's like, turn it off, turn it off, right? Um, so there's nothing wrong with that. And if you need to be able to separate those two things and you need to be able to identify the difference between 
the two things? Is it forwarding the story? Is it forwarding the characters? Right. Or is it just, are we just sitting here crying in our own, uh, wallowing in our own misery for no reason whatsoever? There's a difference. And if you guys aren't sure what that difference is, just keep coming here and we'll keep telling you. Yes. Kapla. 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 Okay, over on the Shrike, Weird Demon Vatican is back. <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell you, man. I uh, It looks to me, look, at, that looks to me like a tri-tip. I have I have yet to uh, remove all the fat off. Oh, yeah, it's an untrimmed tri-tip. It does. It looks it's like the most efficient tri-tip. way to buy meat. It's a $3.99 <laughs> a pound untrimmed ti- uh, tri-tip from Stater Brothers. That's what that is, exactly that is. No joke. I wanted to grill something as soon as I. Thought that, so the I, min- I had the same thought. That's crazy. The like, minute I, I saw to- that, I'm like, do, do, I, do I have meat in the, in the freezer? Can I defrost something? I'm really think about sponsored by Albertsons, right? Yeah. No. Oh that's my fantastic. god. I mean, um, it's, it's it's a testament to the graphics. I mean, it's literally a, it's a it's a it's a part. It's a body part, so it makes sense. Yeah. You know what's interesting is so we're seven episodes in. And we have no idea who the, what this is yet so far. And and I, it's it's such I'm so glad that we have mysteries with which to still ponder. Um, this time that being he tells like a weird story. I kind of had a hard time understanding what he was saying. Yeah, I don't know if it was my my copy that I was looking at when I did the preview early on. Um, but I had a really hard time kind of understanding him. I didn't have subtitles, but what I got from it was he was basically, she was saying like, look, you know, we can't find him. We're having a hard time finding him. And he's like, you have to think of the Picard uh, with Picard as one unit and separate themselves. So it was like a changeling, like uh, maybe analogy. Yeah. The thing is we, we had screeners and they don't have subtitles and they're really low quality, but yes, but right. you're exactly, he was basically saying you have to, I, the analogy was like, he was trying to get her to get over her own idea of of the way things work biology wise right now in the last time he talked to her he was basically like look i'm gonna kill you and everything that you own and i'm gonna destroy your ship and i'm gonna this time he was like a little more reasonable with her like still like look fine jack but it was like a little bit more like maybe he sees that her threads are coming undone i don't think so i don't think it was reasonable i think it was like it literally said your physiology is not as special or as complex as you think he was like I think he was threatening to just like rip it apart, rip her apart. That's a good, well, well, I don't think, well, okay. What we learn in the episode is, is that her physiology is special. Right. But, but it is telling it that even though she thinks it's special because of what she's gone through, he is still destroyer. Yeah. It's still gonna, it's still gonna kill her and her whole family. (laughs) Yeah. So, so I think it's interesting and I'm really glad that they kind of keep that, a secret going forward so that was really good and you see can we a, start calling uh, it evil evil odo i like that by the way bill evil odo evil odo even though that's not what it is <laughs> no odo is i love odo i can't think of an evil Odo. that's true it's it was, it, if the actor had oh, not passed away he would have 100 percent have been in this series i would actually suggest some things if i hadn't hadn't already seen the show but uh there's a couple of characters that i could that i could imagine it being but i'm not going to say it because it'll it could ruin things for you it's Tubix. So, it's Tubix. It's not Tubix. That's the video. We need to make a video for Saturday where we explain our Tubix theory. No, we're not. Please, can we do that? Fools. Can we do a Tubix theory video on, I don't on want Saturday? To. I feel like we've been talking about it for years. It would just be like, bro, weird. one last. Okay, how about this? I'll never talk about Tubix again if we make a Tubix theory video. 
Okay, I might do that then. Okay. If you I, promise I, and swear, like you got gag of, order, no more tubing. In front of God and all of our all of our fans <laughs> here. If we release a video on on April Fools about about our Tuvix theory, I have a wild Tuvix theory. I don't know how it relates to April first. I will never ever speak about Tuvix ever again publicly. I will still say it, do it privately under my breath, in okay. in shallow remarks. Tuvix, it's were, a deal. It may not were, go out. You were done 1st, wrong, though. Tuvix. It may not go out April first though, because I don't see how it's related to April Fools. Because it's it's so because the theory. Is impossible. <laughs> Would it be like Tuvix is back on the thumbnail? No, Tuvix is the villain of the series. Not, <laughs> He's huh? the secret villain of the series, bro. Oh my god, Tuvix is the is the villain of Picard <laughs> season three. <laughs> Tuvix is, is the big bad. <laughs> If if Janeway was like the main person in this series, then I would be totally down. For oh that. my god, that'd be so right? brilliant, though. Yeah, if Janeway was like the lead, that would be absolutely. If this was like Janeway instead of Picard, that would be yes. Tuvix wants his revenge. Right. Yes. <laughs> I would totally be down with that. That episode, like the dichotomy, like you put that episode up against the Warp Salamanders episode, right? Threshold. Oh god, that's so bad. Take the yeah. Tuvix episode and Threshold and put them against each other, right? Oh my God, Tuvix looks like fine art. <laughs> oh, I know. Yes, yes. It <laughs> because does. the it was like the story was so the, the audience, everyone was ripped apart. They didn't know what to do. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Salamander Paris and Salamander Janeway are banging on a planet somewhere. After <laughs> I just <laughs> look, at, I try to forget that episode all the time. You constantly remind me. Okay, That's let's I always tell everyone like every series of Star Trek, every series has bad episodes. So yeah. Yeah. Like there isn't, I've watched every episode of Star Trek ever made. There's like, there isn't a single series that is perfect through and through. There's not. No, no, I'm still over mostly enjoyable, except for the Salamander episode. That was absolutely <laughs> I, horrible. I actually have a theory about that too. I think it's one of the greatest uh, episodes of television ever, weird stuff. ever made. <laughs> don't make theories about things we don't want to talk about. It's, it's scientifically like, it's accurate. Okay. They went forward right. in time, full reverse. It wasn't diva evolution. It was time is not linear. It's secular. They evolved so far that they devolved. Yeah. <laughs> this is why Shane doesn't want to talk to me. I'm like, what are you talking about? Okay, that's Shane good. will call me about? and he'll call me about something about the channel. Like, All right, I gotta talk to you about this. Uh, what's the plan for this? I'm like, yeah, listen. Did you see about this this Tuvox theory? He's like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> I can't do this today, man. <laughs> that sounds like me. All right, let's keep going. All right. We so, must have so, the boy. Uh, <laughs> so my, look at that piece of steak. <laughs> piece of meat. Got to just trim some of that fat, some of those eyebrows off. Um, so, so she gets her hand back and she sits. Now she's brooding. I'm telling you, man, this guy's pushing her over the edge 100%. She's already like, like on the edge, but he's just pushing her over the top here. And uh, you can tell she's very frustrated um, at the end of the scene. Yeah, her hand is yelling at her. <laughs> Damn you! I want you to cook me like a steak. I don't know. I don't know. I said medium rare. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Gordon Ramsay. What are you doing, you idiot? <laughs> sorry. <laughs> now this was interesting. Uh, back on board the Titan. Uh, <laughs> what what did, what did someone call this? La Crusher? Oh, La Crush. La Crush. 
So the yeah. crush, uh, the crusher, the forge shippers out there, um, they're in an elevator. He starts hearing her thoughts. Yeah, but before he hears her thoughts, there's a. You, did you catch it at the very beginning? As the scene from Vatic rolls into this scene, uh-huh. there's a female voice. Oh yeah, I see. And the, the female now. voice, I believe what it says. It was really hard to understand, and I had no subtitles when I was looking at it. But I believe it says here, um, "Let me connect us." Let me connect us. Yeah, it was kind of like really quiet, and then it goes into this turbo lift scene where, where really weird stuff starts happening, right? This is things we haven't seen before. Now Jack's like hearing people's thoughts. Right. So he starts to hear Sydney say like, is he flirting with me? You know, he's kind of charming, you know, but he shouldn't, he should touch my hand first. And then he touches her hand and she's like totally weirded out. Yeah. That just happened. Like, I'd be weirded out that? too. First off, why are you touching my hand, bro? <laughs> We've known each other for five minutes. Real quick, Brian Harbour, dollar ninety nine. Thank you for super chat, Brian. Am I crazy or does Brian sound like Chris Griffin? You're not crazy. Yes. I actually do the voice yes. of Chris Griffin. No, it's not. He does the voice. He is the voice of Chris yeah. Griffin. Yeah, I'm I'm the voice of Chris Griffin. People do not know that, but uh, yeah. everyone thinks that it's Seth Green. But in reality, Seth Green hires me to do yeah. it for him. <laughs> yeah. Plus, I have a speech impediment. That doesn't help. That's honest pop culture. Can you give us a good Chris line? Do you have any? <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> no, that's not the right one. It's his sister. Knock it off. What's wrong with you? <laughs> wow, I really, we, guys, Brian Harvard, you really put Brian on the spot here, dude. <laughs> right? <laughs> you like put him in a weird spot. He said something totally like un- un- unacceptable. Too much rule thirty-four. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god uh, <laughs> I'm gonna stop now Moving back, moving, right. moving on Thanks for that bro <laughs> Thanks for the break, appreciate it Yeah, so he just like uh, Casually touches her hand in the most creepy way And um, I mean he this, this is a new power for him, right? He's not Probably wasn't aware that he could have this ability until now I mean, I don't even know if he recognizes it as a power. It seems to be just happening automatically. <laughs> I don't think he's enacting it. You know, <laughs> look at him. He's asking on this. And then when you put it all together, he's like, what are your quarters like? <laughs> like, it could almost be like super creepy if you put it all together. You know, and, she, and of course she gives us the whole, I'm, I'm an ensign. My quarters aren't very big. Like, um, um, <laughs> right. He's asking what basically what, what, what her room looks like. Um, I'd like to come see what your room looks like. <laughs> <laughs> so the whole thing is like, even though, you, you know, people are kind of into this little romance thing, this, the stuff going on here with Jack makes it a little creepy. But I mean, to be fair, uh, he says, I'd like to uh, love to uh, hang out sometime if you're. Uh... No, he's, he's been he's been with his mom for like 24 years on a ship. That would make anyone want to like hook up with the first girl. He's That's like prison. Her. And then this pretty girl with a nice smile is, yeah. you know, is giving you eyes. You're like, oh, okay. All right. Cool. <laughs> or not giving you eyes. And you're just like, yeah. Or whatever. There's yeah. no holodeck on, on our little medical ship, you know? <laughs> I don't know why you just said that. <laughs> <laughs> you what know, was like, you, what, you know what why I said that. that? You know why I said that. That's why. Oh, that's why you're questioning it. Because if there was a holodeck, 
on that ship. What else you do you go, need? You go full Barkley? Is that what you're saying? You go, you go full, full Barkley. Barkley. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad holodecks don't exist because I would never leave. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Keep going here. Keep going. All right. My bad. Yeah. And that's so with the scene where it happens, you know, then his eyes turn red and she's like creeped out. He sees the vines down the corridor. Yeah, that is a cool shot, by the way. I'm going to actually upload this. Okay. Now we're on the bridge. Um, Jack is trying to talk to Picard, but we have uh, some other things going on. Uh, apparently, I think this is the moment where um, yeah, they the keep compromise. getting these incoming sub, sub, sub messages, and they keep ignoring them because it's basically Starfleet vessels trying to hunt them down. But then they realize they get a code from one of them that's like uh, I think a compromise exactly. code. What was that? What it was a compromise? Un, yeah, a compromise code. It's, it was when an officer is in is sending it, but it's in, under distress. <clears throat> right. Um, they called it something very specific, though. They have been. Yeah, oh, it's a compromised prefix code, is what they called it. Mm -hmm. So, and it's a signal, and they realize, oh, wait a sec, this is coming from Riker. And it's coming from the, the Shrike. Oh, my God. Vatic has Riker. So that's how they figure it out. <clears throat> that's awesome. Um, so, so Riker's alive. Don't worry, guys. He's not a changeling yet. <laughs> or I don't know. I don't know why you just said that, but okay. Um, because that's, so what, that's, in, that's indicating that he's setting the compromise code, which that's something only he would know. Uh, the changeling version of him wouldn't know that. That's a good point. Yeah. So we know that ver whatever's sending that. Well, no, that's not true. If they got to him, he could have found out about the, it could be because if they got to him, just like they got to Tuvok about the Calto, he could learn about that code. Yeah. But Calto is different than like secret Starfleet codes. I feel like that can come up in casual conversation. It, well, well so let, let's they, say you're talking to Tuvok in the mess hall and you're like, oh, you got, you played Calto with seven, huh? Like, uh, indeed, I did. She beat me frequently. But that's not the way they intimidated. They they made it sound like they took Tuvok and got that information out of him. Um, so could they get this out of Riker? I don't know if you could get... And, I don't, and I don't changelings know. Learn, know stuff. It's not just from what you learn talking to them. Like, they get knowledge somehow, right? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I saw a lot of people talking about that, and a lot of people were on the fence. We don't know 100% how the changeling link works. Well, we're going to go into that more some, some other time. But. Yeah. Son of John for 999. Thank you, Son of John. Question for the episode. What is Jack Crusher? Who is the big bad? Vatic's talk to the hand. Talk to the hand. Yeah. Are they going to do a Genesis on the body of Picard with mm. Jack's DNA? Project Phoenix, anyone? Good. All good. Actually, those are all really good questions because we do have a lot of those. Um, and I think that's what's cool about the, the season. There's only you know, three more episodes left. And uh, there's still so many questions. So we know that the well, number one, we know that they don't leave, you know, any, any stone unturned, right? We've said that already. Right. So you're going to get answers to all your questions in the next three episodes. Everything's hyperlinked, right? They were partially telepathic in DS9. Yeah. So, yeah. So can, I don't, you know, I don't know. Maybe we'll learn more about that. Uh, maybe we'll do a separate video going into it. I'm not sure. But um, in this scene right here, Jack is basically having this thing. He's telling, Picard, look, um, why don't 
we just like give me up so I can get Riker back. So we can get Riker back. Riker was right. good to me. Um, I'm not worth it. I'm worthless. Like I've always had like a bad life or, you know, I've always felt like something was wrong with yep. me. It's just not worth like, just, just give them to me. Give me to them. Yeah. And I'm going to upvote this because this, this, this part of his character right here is, is first off is classic. I'm not worth anything. I'm not, I'm, I'm worthless. I am the unlikely. I am the aren't. And, uh, and, and use me to nullify the people who are right. That, that mentality is what shows that regardless of how he feels about himself, he is worthy. Right. His character, he's a multi-level, you know, there's so many layers to his character. You know, he's not just a straw man. You know, that's what's great about this character. A lot of people are like, oh, Picard's son, Picard's son. I mean, Jack's bringing game to the table, right? you know, and uh, we have to appreciate that in all of these scenes that we get. And basically Picard tells him, look, it's none of this is your fault. You know, and then it gives Picard this idea. He he now has a plan on how to get Vatic. Mm. Okay. Plus, also Jack thinks he's dying. Like, does he? See well, he, the, no, he's got the. Well, he's got the. He's got the disease. Yeah, he's got. He's got the disease that Picard has. But does he also see that Picard lived until he was in his nineties? I don't know. It's tough when you're when you get bad news like. Sometimes some people, everybody's different. Like Picard internalized it, right? And said, whatever, I'm going to go about my life. Some other people might be more like, oh my God, my life's over. So it's it's yeah. tough to say. I got to say, all I'm saying is if my if my 90-year-old grandfather was like, look, uh, I have cancer and I'm going to die in a couple of years and you get the same thing, I'm like, oh, cool. So I got to like, like 90s? Well, but Jack's also having all these weird things happen to him. So maybe he thinks like- Oh, it's maybe it's work, accelerating. Right. right. Because uh-huh. he, I mean, granted, he's having some weird things happen, so that's unexplainable. That makes sense. That that's a good point. That's a good point. He probably thinks he's dying faster. All right. So we end up in now. What's funny? We don't typically get this, but in this episode, it actually gave us a title as to where they were, because we see the Titan. It looks like it's been disabled right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the title is Open Space Alpha Quadrant. That surprised me a little bit to see that. And like we had earlier the the ship ship shipyard. Normally you wouldn't have like a location just when you're out in the middle of space. Yeah. But That's a good that, point. that was included. Yeah, it's like they want you to know, it's almost like they want you to know they're in the alpha quadrant. Well, I think they well, I think they also want you to know that they've moved. Hmm. Maybe they were concerned that if they showed the ship like this, the last one we saw when they were in the uh the shipyard or the in the in the wreckage. Maybe they wanted to see that they had moved, and maybe that's why that exists. I see. All right, and apparently uh, the Titan's warp core is offline. Emergency power only. Yeah, so Picard really went through. Yes, Picard really set it up because they even created a subspace message, a pretend subspace message from another Starfleet vessel somehow. I'm not sure how they did it, but um, they were able to do that to help trick Vatic into thinking that they were, you know, come get him. Yeah. Come get me. They also mention a Vulcan warbird, which um, in this, in this, they mentioned that uh, some of the radiation or something coming from the disturbance could be from some Vulcan warbird nearby. Is that the VSS Taplana? Is that what it's usually? Is that what it says there? I don't know. It says VSS Taplana. Yeah. <clears throat> That's cool. Vulcan. Yeah. Makes sense. All right. Um, all right. So. <clears throat> Here we go. Shrike is here. The Shrike versus the Titan. 
Yeah. So they come, they decide to board. They've got, uh, and right away, this is great. Like they come on board and then she looks up and she's like, oh, and like Jack's right in front of her. Exactly what she wants. Oh, hello, Jack. Good to see you again. There is this weird, like, you know, she almost tries to like soothe him or it's almost like she's trying to tell him, look, you know, you, you, you need to come to this better place with me. (laughs) I thought you'd be taller. (laughs) I thought you'd be tall. That that was actually a funny line, meaning his, I guess his, uh, his reputation precedes him. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she tries to take him and he's like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm out. I'm taking off. So they set the trap and their goal here is basically to force field everybody, uh, since they actually do have power and, um, they successfully managed to do it. They trap everybody. They trap Vatic. Um, in the process, Jack and Sydney get trapped, um, and you've got these changeling people around them, uh, and they aren't able. Jordy isn't able to uh, beam them out because Lore has taken control of the transporter system. Mm. Lore, that Lore, Lore. All right, hang on, Sydney. We're gonna transport you out of there. <clears throat> I love that. Kind of sound like him a little bit. Yeah, I'm, I, I try to emulate voices. I'm not very good at it, though. No, oh, so it was good. All right. That's There's the we... scene from the... Did you see the scene from the trailer? Yeah. It was lore. Lore. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I love it. I'm, I'm up playing that just because I... Even though I've already seen that, I still liked it. I know we've seen it so many times. Yeah, we got to pretend like we haven't. I voted for me, too, because you're right. It was a great scene. You realize, wait a sec, we don't have enough trouble. Vadix trying to take over the ship. We have changelings all over the place. Mm-hmm. Now we got to deal with lore. Now we got to deal with lore. Right. You know, yeah. All right. This is great. I love this scene. So this is another upvote for me. Uh, Beverly comes in and she like breaks out her her phaser. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like she's like she's like a mama bear that's pissed. Yeah. Right. This is the the person, the lady who's been trying to like kill her son and you can see that from beverly you're getting this like you know how she feels like she's balancing the fact that she's supposed to do no harm like she says here i took an oath to i just want to kill this thing yeah you know and um vatic seems not very perplexed to be trapped right now right yeah she's yeah vatic is in control well she doesn't well well, in her mind, she is not in her trapped. mind. She is yeah. right now. What's interesting is, is I'm not sure why she was so calm because, yeah. Anyways, we'll get to, we'll get there, right? And that's when he said to me, make a near perfect double of me. Yeah. So yeah. So Picard does this. This is actually a really great thing. So they decide they're going to like interrogate her, right? And Picard's like, I know exactly what you guys are doing. You know, he's got this whole like thing like, I know, you know, you're going to clone me so you can get into Frontier Day. Like he thinks he's got it figured out. And then we get the bam. We get the like the the wham, which is the oh, wait, there's a changeling story here. Mm-hmm. And at first, you know, when you're going through it, you're like you get this like scene of her or you get this scene of like test tubes and you're like, what the heck's going on? Um, and it's breaking back and forth between what's going on with Jordy and Lore and Data and Jack and and Sydney, And then what's happening here in this room. And then we get the story of Vatic. And this is a great upvote for me. This character goes from being a mustache twirling villain, right, to a full fledged, layered 
character who is still the villain, right? But we understand why, right? And the backstory is that essentially during the Dominion War, uh, Starfleet Section Thirty-One, I guess we should be more specific. Mm -hmm. Section Thirty-One captured Changelings, ten of them, Vatic and nine others, and um, basically took them and did experiments on them. Tried to, um, you know, injected them with things, tortured them, gave them pain. And what they were trying to do was they were trying to create a, a weapon for Section 31 slash Starfleet. Right. Which basically they could just, you know, use this to change into any species and cause chaos. Like that was the goal of it. And so we now know why Vatic is 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 like mentally broken. Because during that torture, she was best. She was basically, you know, tortured to the point of like insanity. Uh, she takes the look. The reason why she looks the way she does is she took the look of her torturer. Awesome. So the doctor who was doing the stuff was this is this character what she looks like. Uh, apparently, that character was also whistling three blind mice because that's why she's constantly whistling it. And so she remembers all of those. It's like this strange PTSD that's happened and occurred, right? Right. Um, so the, we find out it's not just a faction of changelings that were like, boo hoo, the, the dominion war, you know, we didn't like that it ended the way it did. It was actually that Starfleet is the reason why, um, you know, was actually torturing these changelings. And it's the reason that they, they're advanced now that they can hold their shape because of the tests they were doing on them. They used human DNA apparently. And infused with the changelings, and now they have the ability to be even more human when they change. And so. that's why the changelings look so different when they change. They no longer look like that weird metallic right. thing. That's why they have that this this new form because it's like there's human DNA in there. It's fascinating. Um, Fox Album four dollar ninety nine. Vatican giant henchmen immune to full phasers. So that's a good question. There they were. I don't know if I don't know if they had them on kill i don't know what the settings of the phasers were i don't know why beverly i know that that, that beverly and, and john luke were struggling with whether or not to kill her um and i think they had kind of come to the to the to the to the agreement that it would be better for her to be gone because you know a she's going to keep trying to kill her son and b there's no redeeming this character right um and so i felt like that's where they were at but you know was the phasers on kill i don't know because they did hit her when she was sliding away you know, we'll try to find out, you know, you know, asking one of the production people, Terry or Chris or somebody, see if we can find out what the answer is. Because I did actually have that same question as well. Interesting. Yeah, I would have just, like, I would make the worst, uh, like if I was uh, playing an action hero, right, or a villain, I would make, everything I did would make a horrible story because I would just immediately kill whoever was in front of me. There'd be no dialogue, there'd be no exposition, I would just be like, oh. Oh, was I supposed to ask him questions? Damn it. <laughs> well, I wonder, I don't know. I know that it seems like they experimented on all the changelings, but they definitely experimented on this one. So does Vatic have maybe some, um, some, some more is, is a more powerful changeling than the others? I don't know. I think Vatic is, wasn't Vatic able to like give her changes to other changelings though, right? There was like nine changelings, I believe in the, on the station. Right. Uh, nine other ones. So that, yeah, so maybe so she's able to like, merge with the other changelings and and their physiology changes too. That's what it seems like. So maybe there are 10 changelings that are a little more powerful than the others. Right. Interesting. <clears throat> All right. 
chaos. He loves the chaos. Yeah. So he's so now they now Laura's taken over the uh, the transporters. He's taken over the the force fields. Like he has control over the systems, and they want to know why. And it's because Lore loves chaos, and we know that. We actually get a, a, a really great speech from Brent Spiner uh, just before he lowers the the force fields that basically says, you know, you, me, the changelings, you know, we're all, all of us are just trying to survive, you know? And he says, let me even the playing field, you know? Yeah. It's great. And he drops the force fields. Um, oh, I love this scene and I'm going to upvote this. I noticed you upvote every time he has red eyes. No, 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 no. It's just when cool stuff. Happens. Oh, the scene. I got it. Okay. Got yeah. it. What happens next? You're saying. Right. Yes. Well, the last time he had red eyes, you said the same thing. You're like, "Oh my god, I love this." I'm gonna vote it. So I was just. I mean, because sure. every time he has red eyes, something cool happens. I, 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 sue me. Okay, that's fair. All right. Um. Oh, so I, actually, this wasn't the scene. This was setting up. Yeah, the scene. Let me coming. take my upvote away. I'll wait for the scene. <laughs> hey, good job right there. Look at that actress. She looks terrified. Jack. Like she really looks terrified. All right. And this is when she goes into the story that you just you just uh, mentioned. Uh, you know what's funny is her human form looks so much like less she, evil, like way less evil. Like it's the same <laughs> actress. It's the same actress, right? Yeah, yeah. But for some reason, her human form looks like sort of like benign. This is this is the scene right here where she like gets gets taken over. You know, ah. it would have been interesting to show how like. I mean, I know we're just doing a backstory, but it would be interesting to see how they they're how they were they containing her all this time, the changeling all this time, and then all of a sudden the changeling gets the upper hand. It would have been interesting to see how that happened. Uh Foxhound for Dar 99. But has anyone asked Vatic, what is a woman? I don't think she knows. You know, it's funny, the changelings, um the changelings woman man, I know there was something that goes back to DS9 that talks about whether, you know, whether they have gender or stuff like that. It was kind of complicated, but there were apparently, you know. Uh, some sort of gender identity. I mean, wouldn't they be like the definition of they, them? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Great Link, absolutely. Like, changelings is the definition of non-binary. Yeah, I think you're right. Well, it should be, yeah. I mean, it should be. In fact, from now on, when when someone says they're non-binary and their pronouns are they, them, I'm just going to assume they're a changeling. It makes sense. Change, Brian, changelings aren't real. Fuck, Really? <laughs> Damn it, bro. Q changelings. 25 look. years. 25 years. God. Yeah. Every, Star every Trek isn't really the future. Just no, no, yes, it is. <laughs> All right. I'm I'm not gonna die on that hill with you. Let's keep okay. going. All right. Um I'm going back and I'm gonna go back here. Okay. Sorry, Shane blew all that already, so you know. Shoot well, regulators are failing. You were just slow on it. I guess I guess you're right. <laughs> I guess you're right. All right. This is the good this is the part you're talking about. When mm -hmm. uh, and this I'm upvoting this. This moment with LaForge when he's talking to Data. Yes, me too. Upvote it, please. Yes, and how you talk about how it saved him, you made him better. It was I mean, this is like like we said, the emotions. Like we didn't get to see. I mean, Jordy was a little more emotional of a character back on TNG than some of the other characters. Like we got to see his frustrations and some of the things like some of the personal things he went through. Mm -hmm. He wasn't afraid to wear his emotions on sleep, but this is like even more advanced. 
like he, we never got his true feelings about data. I mean, he shares it here when you, when right. you die, he's talking to data through lore. I love this. Lore's looking at him, responding to him, but he's talking to data right through lore. Right. You know, trying to reach him saying, you know, you made me a better man. You know, it, it killed me when you died. I'm a better father because of you. I mean, like, dude, like this is so, so emotional when you think about all the, all the, the journeys that they went on together, all the time they spent together back in, you know, the TNG days, you know, and when you think of that relationship and then how, you know, we actually get a resolution of how a character feels about the other one in yeah. a deep, meaningful way. It's just beautiful. Yeah. And it was LeVar Burton, some of his best acting so far I've ever seen. Oh yeah. Since Roots, hundred percent. Yeah, he, like, he really like sometimes in TNG he came off as a little whiny, right? Um, maybe even better than roots bro this might be his best acting. Like, this ever. is like his best this is the yeah. best i've seen this this actor um really really well done really good stuff and i mean brent spiner kills it too like that cold i mean he's stare. just totally as, as Lori's like i don't care about anything you're saying you know it's it's very mm, yeah it's like well, almost like these guys have had 30 years almost to uh perfect these characters hmm. and here we are again i wonder if that's the case I wonder if that's the case, Shay. <laughs> Matt, them getting this like last romp, that's got to feel so good. Yeah. Like, I'm sure the money's good too, whatever, right? But, but like, imagine after all this time, like, one more time, I get, I get to mm. finally perfect this character. And you can see it. Like, you can see that that was what they were thinking. Like, like this is my chance to put a exclamation point on the legacy of this character. Mm -hmm. And they all, like, just went for it. Yeah, so good. Nobody mailed it in. No one. That's when the force fields go go up. Now, this is the scene I'm talking about, I think, right? Yes. Yeah. All right. So, Jack takes over uh, Sydney's uh, body, I guess? Yeah. Yeah, he totally... His eyes go red, then her eyes go red. And she fights for him. He fights for her, which was he awesome. He does the movements on his side, and then she does them, because she would have died. I mean that was that was his way of of saving her life because she's done. That is so cool. Like I I don't yeah. think I don't think I've ever seen that before. Like I'm trying to think of like is there another movie no. or TV show that 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 did this? Like you can see the person. Oh, well, like I can't Marvel. Think. Well, yeah. So there was a character in um in the the Marvel movie that came after uh Thanos. What was that called again? After Endgame. After Endgame, what was that movie? The the about the Black seven Widow? or eight? No, no, the the seven or eight Marvel people that were. Oh, oh, the Eternals. Eternals. So Eternals actually had a character that could mind control people and oh, make them do things. Yeah, I don't like that movie. I don't even remember that. <laughs> well, but that's the other time I've seen it done. So. Oh well, this was really rad. Um, yeah, she was definitely going to die. He takes over her brain and or whatever, and he and he basically fights through her this it's great great really cool really cool i thought scene. it was awesome upvote for me too it was so great yeah really really rad scene um and this is when data is finally starting getting getting control of his body again yeah he did a really good job like you know switching over going back and forth from lore to data that was was really great and, and sydney aiming asked jack were you in my head and he's like you gotta trust me yes yeah I would have a hard time trusting him after that, even if he saved my life. I'm just being real. If somebody took control of your body and was able to do whatever they wanted, yeah, that yeah. would be troubling, to say the least. That'd be 
sounds problematic. <laughs> <laughs> right. The formula they're exposed to contain thelium-847. We can track them. All right. Yeah, now- so that's, that's, that's important. So apparently whatever experiments were being done on them gave them something that now, and this is, a, this is a foreshadowing, you know, I think, um, about, you know, a, a way for them to do what Beverly said earlier in the episode, which is let's use their uniqueness to find a way to, to defeat them. Right. And now we're seeing one of those options happening in real time. Yeah. Um, all right. Now we get this Shaw moment. Shaw's taken out. Uh, Shaw was taking out changelings, and then the two Starfleet personnel next to him get get shot. You yeah, know, I don't know if they're killed or injured or what. Dude, this moment I was like, no, no. <laughs> I know. I no! was like, uh, right. I was screaming. I was screaming at the TV, bro. I was just so concerned because, like, he was still gonna chase after these. Like, uh, he's way outnumbered, clearly and outgunned, and he's right, by himself. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. no, turn around, Todd. <laughs> Go back to the turbo lift. <laughs> well, he ended up in the turbo lift. No, he I ended mean, up in the turbo lift. He ended up in the turbo lift. That's, that was the wrong place to be, apparently. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, they got her. Yep, they, okay. they, they got the drop on him. All the changelings are, they took over the bridge. And now Vatic says, open a channel, because she's going to talk to her crew. You know, she's right. Cause the Titan now re- belongs to her. Yes. The Titan is now mine. She even calls herself the captain. Uh, what are some of the other things she says? It's very interesting. Um, she talks about how she's going to, yes, she, she anoints herself the captain of the USS Titan. She addresses the ship and notifies the crew that she'll be taking Jack Crusher where he belongs. Um, and Jack will learn who he truly is. All right. Interesting. Um, that project that 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 was happening to Vatic and the other changelings during the Dominion War was called Project Proteus, by the way. <laughs> project. Okay. This is a really good... I saw this theory on Reddit too, Dore. Thelium 847, species 8472. Hello? <laughs> Hello? That's great. That's cool. Okay. And... Uh, and I'm telling you, I was I was really concerned about Shaw. I'm glad I'm glad he made it well, through. Bloody and everything. Yeah, it was not good. Yeah, I'm glad he made it through. Um, yeah. All right, and uh, that's it. She is now the captain of the USS Titan. Yeah. And- so I love how it ended with that. It's time you learned who you are. So you know, we all kind of want to know who he is. Um, so that was a good thing. So what are some of the questions that we have here? Um, let's see. So Vatic, of course, got transformed from the mustache twirling villain. You know, she's now she's a complex character. Yes. His motivations finally make sense. That's a big deal because, you know, for, for a few episodes, you guys saw me like, Hey, you know, she, she seems one dimensional, right? Right. She was just like a little bit crazy, but now we understand why she's crazy. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, we also got Jordy's heartfelt pleas to reach data through lore. It was heart wrenching, and in, in, uh, like we said earlier, probably Lavar Burton's best acting. Um, yeah, we had this just wonderful experience. Like I said, losing Worf, Rafi, Riker, and Deanna this episode—I didn't even feel like they were gone because everything else was so good that I didn't, I didn't, I didn't spend any time going, "Man, I wish Worf was here," or "Dang it, I wish Riker was here." 
And arguably, those are the two people I love seeing most on, on screen. But I thought this episode was so like tight and action-packed and interesting that I didn't, uh, for one second, feel like it was slow to where I could even stop to think about it. Right. What about you? No, yeah, I had the same same thing. Um, uh, There's a lot of information, but it it was still really good. Um, and I it, I just I just I have so many more questions. You know, I can't wait for the next episode. I'm just I'm rare I'm raring to go. Ready ready to rock. Yes. Uh, so here's some of the unanswered questions we have left. So what is Jack's role in all of this? How can Vatic reveal who he really is? Like, how does she have that kind of control? Uh, will Worf and Rafi show up and save the team? Or is this the end? Did the Changelings win? Of course not, right? Uh, who will win the battle over the new Android data or lore? Who's going to win there? Um, so there's a lot of things that we have going forward. Who's who's the evil talk to the hand? Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. I want to cook some steak. I don't it's know. It's Tuvix. So, yeah, it's we know that already. Not Tuvix. We're good. Anyway, yeah, so that's our official score is nine. Pretty good, pretty good, pretty good. We're stoked. And uh, let us know what you guys thought about this particular episode in the comment section down below. And when you're on the way there, hit the subscribe button. Thank you. That's it for the review. Shane, I need uh, literally one minute. Bear back. Take it. Yeah, so hopefully you guys enjoyed uh, episode seven. Um, you know, I think we had a run where like it just kept getting better and better and better through six. I think seven was still a good episode. It probably felt like it felt a little bit of a step back after getting like all the ships in episode six and after getting like the reveal of data and Jordy, this episode probably feels a little bit less exciting than the other episodes. But the reality is, is getting Vatic story, which I think was key in this episode and getting the data lore thing. I think it was important to like keeping the story going because we needed a villain who was like more fully fleshed uh, in order to kind of understand what the what's at stake here, why people are even fighting. No pun so intended. Fully fleshed. Resonating with you guys. I do have in our video coming out. I do have a, a thing where it said something about fully fleshed, and I think I said pun intended. Ah, yeah, yeah. Ah, that must be where I heard it. Yeah, and that comes out tomorrow. Hopefully, we can get that out and then our uh, tuvix uh episode on thursday i'm mean, sorry on saturday we'll see we're not doing tuvix on saturday i i might agree to do tuvix but there's no point in doing it unless you did yeah if you did t <laughs> i'm so sorry that video it would be funny but i, I don't know you know what we should do mm -hmm. oh my god we should have if you come to our discord and give us your craziest theory okay Give us your craziest theory in Discord, and if we have time, we'll try to use your your craziest, most entertaining theory as a April Fool's video. I like the idea of that. I mean, that's cool. Please to come do that. I like the idea of, of of doing a Doomcock video where he's praising Picard season three. <laughs> yeah, like that would actually be really funny. Yeah, I, I do. I sort of want to do that. You could do it on Unleashed, you know, and be like, uh, yeah, yeah, I sort of want to sort of do that. <laughs> okay maybe we'll do that we'll see yeah maybe, that would be good because you could do it for unleashed you could release it it would actually be pretty funny um yeah i just have but, to get you know, i just get, I have to get a doomcocks out a doomcock outfit all you need is like any mask that's true and like throw a sh throw a blanket over you yeah for your robe we'll see we'll see how it goes if, if uh <laughs> that would be really funny i'm right right down right now that's good
Um, but you know, speaking of of Doomcock a little bit, so if you guys have been paying attention, uh, if I don't know how many of you guys follow Twitter, uh, Doomcock is is trending again, and uh, man, face is Doomcock. <laughs> yeah, so Doomcock's trending again, and the reason why he's trending is, I think the reason why he's trending is because Robert Meyer Burnett, um, you know, our our brother from another mother. Uh, from the Burnett work, he, if you've been following the whole saga, he's been in the beginning when Doomcock started saying how terrible Picard season three was going to be, by the way, before Picard season three ever came out, he was saying how horrible it was. And I think, you know, Robert's like, look, you know, listen, when, you know, you're wrong, it's great. And when it's, you know, I, I challenge you to come on my channel and we'll talk about it. Right. So when Robert did that, like Doomcock totally took that the wrong way yeah and like lost his mind and says you're not gonna tell me how to come on that i'm gonna come on your channel i will wipe the floor with your ass cock right yeah so i so, will destroy you right 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 it's it's he started like he just like lost his mind and then he started like telling people they were like cucks if they like picard season three that they were just you know they were basically uh he threw down the gauntlet because rob said why don't you come on and we'll we'll have a debate about it um, so through this whole thing, Doomcock's been doing the same thing. Doomcock's been like saying, see, I told you Picard season three is terrible. By the way, it's not. Um, he's been basically keeping up with the same shtick. If you notice his videos are not getting great, uh, the great views compared to his other videos right. about this topic. Right. Because nobody believes him because it's not bad. It's not like the other Star Trek shows that we didn't like. So I don't know what happened, but Rob, um, something was said by Doomcock and Rob just like lost it. And he went on to Twitter and he's like, he, he basically called him out again and said, uh, you know, you should come on my show. But he basically told him that he was a coward because he's wearing a mask and he, he has his opinions, but he won't show his face. Right. So I think he got frustrated with the fact that, and it's kind of true when you think about it. Kind of true, you know, but, but millennials do not like uh, being told to dox themselves, which I, I get that. Yeah, well, there, I don't think there's a lot of millennials watching this stuff, but okay. And, and I don't think it's doxing, frankly speaking. So here, you know, Liz, do, to me, doxing is uh, here's my address, my here's the dude's address and phone number or whatever. Um, but saying, look, if you're going to have an opinion, and I get it, this is not Doomcock's thing. You know, he's a character, right? But if you're going to have an opinion and you're going to be so violently disturbing about it, then be brave enough to show your actual face. So like if you're a person and you're like, you know, look, screw you. I'm going to come over and kick your butt. You really shouldn't wear a mask when you do that. Like wear a mask if you need anonymity for a reason. That's fine. Now, Doomcock's always going to wear a mask. It's the way he is. It's his bravado about talking about other YouTubers and other people that's kind of disgusting uh, when he acts like that. And he's hiding behind a mask. I mean, because he is. His whole shtick, regardless of whether or not you like Doomcock, and we there's a lot of stuff that he's done that's fantastic. Regardless of whether you like him or not, his mission is for nobody to know who he is. Right. Because he's saying things that might make people come to his house. Okay. <laughs> right. And I get it. So that's the anonymity. But you have a responsibility with that anonymity. You can't attack individuals. It's like you're hiding and attacking people, you know, it's like you're hiding. Oh, I can attack you because I can see you, but you can't see me. So I'm going to attack you. It's like 
the epitome of what social media and, and the internet is today. It's like people hiding behind things, saying stupid shit uh, that you would never say to that person in front of their face. Right. And, and being really brave about it. So, you know, so Rob came out and he said a bunch of crazy stuff and uh, frustrated. Doomcock responded, um, tried to have like a, a mic drop moment. So anyways, all this ended up like, you know, being fleshed out. And so Doomcock's trending again. And of course, Doomcock come out and he take a bow and said, of course, I'm right. And of course, all this stuff. So uh, where we stand on the whole matter is this is the same thing as it always been. Um, we don't know what he really thinks or believes about Picard season three, but if he doesn't like it, I just, I don't understand why if he's a longtime Trek fan, like he keeps saying he is, you know, I don't understand why he wouldn't like it. Now, if he doesn't want to like it because he doesn't want to support anything that Alex Kurtzman's attached to, then I get that ideology, but you're being disingenuous. If you're saying like Picard season three, isn't good star Trek, right? Like, I think you can say, look, it's a good show, but I don't want to support it because I think supporting it is going to uh, encourage them to make more bad Star Trek. Like that's an opinion right. you can have, but you have to at least be able to say, well, it, it is good though. You know, I don't know. Maybe he's afraid to say it. Maybe he doesn't want to, maybe he truly doesn't believe it. And, and we're all, we're all crazy or whatever. But <laughs> I just feel like, I don't know. I think if you're a longtime Star Trek fan and you're a TNG fan, I just don't know how you don't like seeing these characters like this. So. Right. Yeah. How? How do you not like it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so Grace is actually Doomcock. That, that, that's the takeaway. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> well, we, you know, we've never seen him in the same room together. You've never seen him. Never seen him in the same room together. We <laughs> we had this uh ongoing joke theory yeah if you guys ever remember there was a youtuber a while ago his name was ket walski um we haven't we haven't seen him in a long time but he was very pro star trek right and he would constantly attack uh uh doomcock right doomcock doomcock was obviously anti-star trek and we had this going wild theory what if ket walski is running both channels <laughs> <laughs> right what if he was what if he's actually doomcock right right and nobody knows no one knows man. like literally nobody knows like we know everybody in the circle nobody knows who he is right like even the people who help produce his videos right like don't know who he is people that have like admin log into his youtube channel don't know who he is so right so yeah. <laughs> rmb what if rmb is doomcock what if, what if rob is doomcock rob is doomcock he has two like competing channels <laughs> That would be my <laughs> it would blow my mind because I know be like Rob very well. The most insane grift of all time, right? I'm gonna uh I always win because I play both sides. <laughs> what if Alex Kurtzman is Doomcock? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, he's like, this is why Picard sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and like he can vent his like other frustrations like when he's not at work. Right. I, I might have to, I might, you know what? That's I might have to start on an, uh, another channel where I uh, just vent my frustrations in a mask. You would, you know, what'd be funny is everybody would know it's you because your voice would like do something. You'd be like, Oh, that's Brian. That's 100% Brian. Yeah. <laughs> everyone would know immediately. Right. Just a laugh. They'd be like, no, it was you. Yeah. Yeah. My voice is, uh, I don't have a good voice, but it's very distinctive. That's for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> but I am pretty good. Like at certain voices, I can do some good voices. Yeah. Depends on the on the 
Unlike the vocal connotation? Yeah, no, and you got it. I'm going to try to do Doomcock this Saturday. I think that's a All good right. idea. That'll be fun. Yeah. I can't wait to see it, what you do. <laughs> Kathleen um, Kennedy. <laughs> we, don't even, we don't even mention her name anymore. It's pointless. Yeah, well, you um, can't say Kathleen Kennedy more than three times, or you will summon Doomcock. I've already said it twice, so no it's more. It's like the Candyman. Right, right, it's like the Candyman. Yeah. But instead of the Candyman coming, Doomcock comes. Yes, absolutely. Right. So we have some more Star Trek stuff, and I think we should um, we should talk about um, Brent Spiner responding to Star Trek Picard spinoff speculation. So let me tell you guys what we do know about the spinoff. Okay. So far, there's nothing. So officially, hey, hold on, hold up. We gotta set this up. I want this to be a clip. Oh, really? Yeah, this is fun. Let's talk about it. Let me. Right. Go ahead and set it up again. Okay. So as far as uh, as a as a spinoff for star Trek. So in the 25th century, we're calling it legacy Trek or the Picard spinoff. So far, there's nothing on that. So there's nothing official. Um, you know, so far they haven't offered Terry in a new show. Um, we do know that they're moving forward with a few things, but it was interesting because Brent Spiner actually had an interview with cinema blend where they asked him some questions. And the thing you got to love about Brent Spiner is he really just says whatever the hell is on his mind? He literally like, does. There is no. He has no governor. Um, he, he doesn't, doesn't know. He doesn't even know what a publicist is. He just <laughs> he just talks. He just like you know what? I've been on this planet for so long. I'm going to say whatever I want. Right. So they essentially asked him um, in this interview. They asked him if he'd be willing to return if something if some sort of Picard spinoff was on the table, and uh, and so Brent. Sp- he kicks off things with a pretty blunt truth and then gives his honest opinion. He says, well, it's, it's not on the table. Uh, therefore I don't really have to think about it. If it was on the table, then certainly I'd have to think about it. I have no idea what my feeling would be right now, but probably if everybody else wanted to do it, I'd love to hang out with this group of people forever. And I will, and I will out of makeup. That's what he says. If we all got into makeup and played these characters again, that'd be delightful. So what he's saying here is from, from what he understands, there is no, nothing happening. Yeah. It's not on the table. That means it's not on the table. That means no one's even considering it, at least from his perspective. And if we're being really super duper honest, if there was something that was going to come and we really hope there is. And if, uh, if you want to help us support more Trek made by showrunner Terry Metalis in the future, in the 25th century, Star Trek, Star Trek Legacy, something like that, go to terrytrek.com or I think it was change.org slash uh, Star Trek Legacy. Star Trek Legacy. Either way, you go to those places. Right now we have almost 14,000 signatures. We'd like to get as many as we can. It'd be cool to like rock 100,000 signatures by the time this whole thing's over so we can then present it to, um, to the Paramount Studio executives and kind of you know, create a big deal. We can also get, here's the thing. If we get enough signatures on this, that it can get media play. So we can actually get news play. I don't know if you guys saw uh, two weeks ago. No, not two weeks ago. Last week or earlier in the week, Todd Stashwick, who plays Captain Shaw was on uh, LA, LA news station. And they were like asking him questions about being in Star Trek. And one of the things they said is, are we going to get a spinoff? You know, so, so you even have the news media, like wondering, you know, is there going to be a spinoff for the show? Is Captain Shaw going to move forward? So if if we can get enough signatures on there, at some point it becomes enough that it becomes newsworthy. And then we can actually bring it to the level of like 
you know, a national discussion. So that would be even a global discussion, frankly speaking, got people over in Europe. I mean, it can, it can be a thing that gets people's attention for right. sure. Yeah. So, um, but we need more yeah. signatures, you know, um, we need another 20,000 signatures. guys. So get in, get in there and do the work. I mean, I would say, you know, as many signatures as possible, but imagine if we had a hundred thousand signatures and let's, let's face it, there's probably several million people watching Picard season three. Um, and you know, you're voting already by your Paramount plus watches. Like that's something that's a big deal. And if you're rewatching the show, then that's even a bigger deal. Like that's, they really like to see that when they see you watch it once cool. But when they see you watch it multiple times, they're like, Oh, okay. Well, there's something, we have something here. And I think they're going to get to the point where they're at least going to have to have a conversation about what's going to happen going forward. Um, you know, but as of right now, there's still nothing. We have three more weeks left and then there's time right after the series is over. And I know a lot of people want to wait. Like, look, some people are still afraid of being rug pulled. Uh, but I think when you get to the end of all 10 episodes, you're probably going to say like right after that 10th episode is over, you're going to go, what do I need to do to support more Star Trek? Like, right. This? And when you get to that point, just remember that petition. Remember that we're here and we're going to be fighting for this, fighting, fighting, fighting as much as we can uh, over the next several months to get enough visibility. Strange New Worlds did it, right? They did it for, for Captain Pike. There's absolutely no reason why we can't do it for Captain Shaw, Terry Metalis, Seven of Nine, you know, um, and some of the other pieces. Now, do they want to bring back all, all the legacy characters? I don't see Picard. I don't see um, Patrick Stewart coming back under almost any circumstance. Um, and I don't see all of the legacy characters coming back. But there is we don't want they won't they won't want to wrap a series necessarily around these characters, the TNG characters, but there's no reason they can't play in the world that comes after in a world with certain characters that that make it through the series is what I would say. OK, that's. And that's, and that's, and that's fair. And you expertly traversed the spoiler minefield there, Shane. Thank you. I want you to know that knowing what you could have said there and watching, hearing you tiptoe around that, like a, like a ballet dancer, <laughs> ugliest ballet dancer you ever saw. Fantastic. Yeah. Because thank you. you know, uh, I think we've said before, like this, this series can 100% continue. It's set up to oh, do yeah. so, but it's really a matter as, as it is, I'm sorry. It's a matter of do the powers that be wanted to. Yeah, that's, that's the real question. It's, and it has a lot to do with the plans they have moving forward. Like we're going to find out here shortly that there's a Starfleet Academy happening. It's been in the works for a long time. Yeah. We're going to talk about that um, next, right? We're talking about that next. And and it has to do with how many shows that they can carry, how much money they have, right? This is Paramount's got a problem right now. Um, and it, and we're gonna get an announcement on April 5th. So what day is that? Because that is Star Trek Day. Yeah, next Wednesday. We may have to do some sort of special stream for that, bro, if we can. I don't know. Is it next Wednesday? The fifth is next Wednesday. There's gonna be an announcement. We're gonna get actually here. Which I'm a little surprised that the Sorry, there's going to be an additional Academy. announcement. There, Starfleet Day or Star Trek's Day is ne is April fifth. First Contact Day. I'm sorry, First Contact Day. Yeah. So I, I'm pretty sure that we're we're going to get something on that date. Um, and I mean, but we're already getting the. I thought it was going to be the Starfleet Academy, and I thought it was also going to be the other series. 
that we've heard so much about. Okay. Which... So they announced, okay, so this is actually wild. Okay. We need to full stop here. They're at, if they're actually having an event on first contact day, like they use, like they have before multiple yeah. years, they're going to announce something. They have, yes. they, they, they've done that the last four years. Announcing a week early the renewal of these other shows and the Starfleet Academy series. I, do you have something better then for First Contact Day? I don't think they officially announced the Starfleet series. I think uh, I think a news outlet found out about it and got ahead of their skis. Oh, good. So if gracious. you look at the article that we're about to discuss, um, it comes from. Well, no, actually, Star Trek.com did put it out. Star Trek.com. Okay, so let's look okay, okay. so We're going to get into that. Before we, before we do, let's finish this topic. And, now, and we're going to talk about that. But announcing, yeah, Starfleet, Star Trek.com announced it. Jesus Christ. Announcing something like that when you should be saving it for a week later, either is like, either you have something bigger to talk about, or you have more to talk about at the very least. Or you're just really bad at your job. Jesus. Right? One of the two. I don't know. Maybe maybe nothing official is coming next week. I I heard I you know, in the article that came out a few days ago before this, it talked about um April 5th being a day to announce things. So it's possible that this is the announcement and that we don't get anything on first contact day. That's possible because there's no there's no official event. If you look up first contact day, April 5th. There's no official event? 2023. I don't think... Um, yeah, I'm not seeing a Star Trek.com or some sort of advertisement. No, there isn't. So Star Trek.com is doing something. It says here... Uh, so they are... Star Trek.com is doing panels, live streams, and exclusive news... No, no, that's 2021. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's nothing, actually. They're not doing a first contact day. So it's possible they're just not doing an official first contact day, and they decided to put this information out. It does surprise me because Kurtzman just did an interview with Trek Movie, or with one of those, one of the one of the two, and he basically says that more information coming, and they talked about new series and also limited miniseries. Right? Yeah, that's so weird, though. Like, I, the, the, their their mindset is so old Hollywood. Like, we don't have money, so we can't do first contact day. You want You don't have to have a red carpet event, a fifteen piece band, a special DJ, and you know fifty um, you know TikTok uh, stars in attendance. You you can just you can just do a live stream. With, with yeah. You could do a live, a live ready room where you talk about stuff and have actors that yeah. you've already contracted to do this, that you've already paid. But remember when Star Trek Day was in September and remember how poorly that went over? Was it in like, September? If, yeah. So like if they can't get like the, the main event down properly. Yeah. Star Trek Day was September 8th, 2022. Really? If you can't get like Star Trek Day down and done right. How do you expect first contact day to be as good or better? Like get the get the main one right first. You know, um, they had 
I know they, their intentions were good, but it just felt really messy and all over the place. And they had weird um, guests uh, and okay, you know, yeah, it was like okay. a fashion show or something like that. It was like strange. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was, it was horrible. If you recall, um, that was our first run in with uh, CBS ID when they manually struck the channel during the live stream because we were talking negatively about it. If you recall, that's right. That's right. I mean, it, well, it was, um, listen, I mean, it was, it was a negative thing. It was bad. It was a bad yeah, event. I mean, it was still, it was it, horrible. There was nothing of value in that event. I mean, here's yeah, the deal. We are all, we all, we want to celebrate Star Trek day. Yeah, you know, that, and that there wasn't were even a celebration of Star Trek. That was like, there was like a DJ playing. It was so it was, weird. It was weird. Yeah. We, it was weird. It was like, it was like modern art where everyone's like talking about how great it is. And you're like, what the F is this? Well, and I feel like they're, that they're, that's these events that they're having like star trek day it's like they're tailoring the event to a certain star trek audience yeah 100 like percent fan audience they're not like do, saying like what is our overall fan experience going to be like instead of having little elements inside the star trek day for each fan group so to speak like let's say you have a, like a younger generation um fan experience at star trek day cool or you have a panel that's for that or you but you also got to have a panel for like older fans and i mean star trek spans 50 you know plus years yeah, it can't be two uh, hours of discovery right type right you can't just focus on the millennial um or the no the zoomer act z it was all zoomer focus on them you got to think of the rest of us and you need to have things for the rest of us they know, literally so. had like tiktok zoomer stars there um that didn't even know what star trek was like the whole one of the one of the hosts was like just a tiktok zoomer and you're like i don't know why is this person here what do they have to do with star trek nothing um yeah but what drives so me nuts is i'm realizing that there's two different days here so first contact day is not special they don't actually don't do anything on those days they did something a couple years ago though well, the the day they do things consistently is the anniversary date, which is Star Trek yes. Day, and that's in yeah. September. Yeah, so that's when a lot. Of, but but they said I think the article came out that that Alex did was uh, announcements are coming soon, and I think they assumed wow with with First Contact Day coming April fifth, that would be a great day to let people know things. So it looks like the news maybe have just came out a little sooner. Um, I mean, they should have held them for first contact day, regardless. Maybe, even if they're not doing anything, they should have. They should have like that should have been a news dump. Because okay, think about this: there would have been natural, organic traffic and first contact day hashtags, regardless. So you could have co-opted that Maybe. and amplified your message. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it would have been smarter. Maybe the reason they're not waiting is uh, maybe there's more stuff coming. You know, they, I do think that they pick their days for a reason. And um, and I do think there are more announcements coming of, of different events and things coming up that we can't really talk about yet. Um, there, there definitely are, but we, we can't mention it uh, publicly yet. Um, what we can talk about is the fact that um, this is not the only show that's being worked on right now. There is, uh, you have Starfleet Academy, which you know is coming, but Kurtzman also said in this interview, he's like, he's still excited about Section 31. Oh, God. I don't know why. He won't let it go. That bone is continued to be chewed on. It's been years now. And if they're really, truly considering doing a Section 31 show, um, I just don't know. 
I just don't know how they plan on doing that moving forward. I mean, you've got right. Michelle Yeoh, who's now a, a global superstar, um, who she's going to cost so much money. You know, I know they probably had her, had her under contract. I don't think anymore. Yeah, they had her under contract, but that doesn't mean like the contract doesn't mean that they already paid her. That right. means that like, she has like, okay, so um, the con so contract goes both ways. And I'm not sure about her particular contract, but I've seen other contracts where they go, well, you need to do these many seasons of TV, regardless of whether it's Discovery or Picard or Section 31. And you have, uh, you also have uh, the, you know, uh, creative input or whatever. So like more than likely they still have her under contract for another season of TV. And if she doesn't come back in discovery season five, then they can hold that over her for section 31. However, they still have to pay her just because the contract says this much. That doesn't mean that that doesn't mean that they're not going to pay more for it. Well, you're not in contract forever. So time's gone by and you know, Whatever the plan is, here's the deal. There is more information now with Section 31. So where would they pick up Section 31? Like, it's been our impression that they would pick up Section 31 back in the, you know, TOS timeline, Discovery timeline before they go into the future. Like, that's where the Section 31 stuff happened. And when the announcement of a Section 31 show happened, it was while, it was during the first two seasons of Discovery when they when that was being created. Um, since then, of course... You know, Discovery went to the future. Uh, Admiral, or you know, Giorgio has is now gone back to um, um, the mirror universe, right? Right. And and so you know, there's like some confusion as to what would happen. Now we've got Picard season three. We see lots of Section Thirty One stuff. We see Daystrom Station is basically like like the the dark base of Section Thirty One. Right. With all kinds of things in there. All so, kinds of tchotchkes, yeah. Could there be a Section 31 show uh, coming that goes forward Star Trek in the 25th universe, 25th century? Maybe that Terry Metalis is a showrunner? And maybe we get the characters from Picard Season 3 as it goes forward? I don't know. I mean, that's a possibility, I guess. That'd be fascinating. If they were thinking about it. Now, officially or unofficially, we haven't heard anything about that. So if that is happening, you know, I think I just made it up right now. But, um, right. You know, it sounds like if you're going to get some Section 31, that's the way I'd want to see it happen. I mean, I'd rather mm -hmm. have a Section 31 than freaking. All right. Well, I'm sorry. We're going to save it. So, Well, I mean, we can go into that next. Um, but are we talking? We're all over the place here. So just kind of regurgitating information. So there's also rumors of a limited series coming uh, that possibly could have some legacy characters so there might be uh, Janeway is very popular um, thanks to um, her work in in Prodigy. Um, there has been some rumors of of a of a Janeway, maybe seven of nine thing like a mini series. So there has been some rumors of that, um, but nothing solidified for sure. Now, what's interesting about that is that you do see that Kurtzman in his interview said uh, uh that they're thinking about doing like miniseries, like short episode stories, um, wow. which by the way, if they do that, it's, it is financially better for them to do like three or four episode, you know, mini movies basically. Right, right, right. Uh, like Star so Trek shorts on crack. And I don't know who wouldn't want to see, um, you know, a Janeway seven of nine story, especially if it's handled by Terry Metalis. 
you know, he, he has his pulse on these characters on this legacy Trek thing. So if, uh, if Kurtzman were to do something like that, then I think he really should hand it to somebody like Terry Metalis, uh, and not go with, with an unproven commodity that maybe doesn't have a good track record. Um, that would be dangerous with these legacy characters. So, right. All right, well, well, I guess we'll know more next week. Um, that said, uh, what do you guys think about about all this in the comment section below? And we're going to move on to a little bit of Starfleet Academy. I got a super chat here from Orville Nation. What's up, PJ? Orville Nation! Only sub-level 32 for me. Sorry, Orville biased. Oh, yeah, we all love the Orville 2. PJ and um, thank you for the super chat. We really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully everything's going okay with your, with your YouTube stuff and with your Twitter it's stuff. It's not going okay with Twitter. He's still banned on Twitter, man. I, we, I know we retreated out again saying, Hey, what's up? I, I just, there needs to be some, there's too many people lost in the cracks over technicalities in this world and it ruins people's lives. Now, I'm not saying it's ruining his life, but he put a lot of work into his Twitter. So yeah, not cool. It's not cool. Not cool at all. Okay, so we are going to be talking about... Wait, let me set it up. We're talking about Starfleet Academy. It's official. It's official. We are getting a Star Trek Starfleet Academy. The series has been ordered at Paramount+. Plus. And you know what's really funny, Shane, is um, I'm starting to see some uh, traction from one of our older videos here. Because four months ago, mm. we talked about this. We did, yeah. Um... Well, we knew it. We knew it was coming. Actually, we knew they were trying to do one. Mm -hmm. uh, something, something else we also knew before we get into what this is is that Star Trek Four, uh, at least one of the scripts, uh, there was a there were they were planning to do like a Starfleet Academy movie. That's for right. Star Trek Four. Yes, yeah, yeah. There was going to be like uh, like mm. sexy uh, CW style, like Riverdale. No, like, no, 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 no. Yeah, it was going to be a Starfleet Academy like Riverdale kind of thing. Right? No, 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 no. We 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 said that that that's what they would probably do. That's <laughs> not what officially was coming. Yeah, it wasn't official, but yeah, yeah. So no, they wanted to do a Starfleet Academy, uh, which probably would have brought back some of the characters from the movies. You know, the Kirks. You know, Chris Pine and and uh, some of the other characters. But what happened was, is the streaming service already had this whole Starfleet Academy show lined up, and mm -hmm. there was. What from the rumors that I've understood is that there was like some sort of a battle and and uh, the movie lost. Yeah, Tilly won. Yeah. <laughs> now we don't know if Tilly is going to be in this upcoming series. Can, let's before we speculate on it. Uh, there there was a we... hot dog eating contest and she blew Chris Pine out of the water. That's, 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 that skinny guy couldn't handle the pain. <laughs> and we got a super chat okay, so yo shot yo 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 sideman five dollars no message thank you yo thank you yo appreciate that um so let's go into the let's talk about what they've released for starfleet academy so far um so here's what we do know uh, a joint announcement has been made by co-showrunners and executive producers alex kurtzman and noga landau landau um, so we'll talk more about Noga here in a second. Uh, but first here's what they wrote. 
Admission is now open to Starfleet Academy. Explore the galaxy. Captain your destiny. For the first time in over a century, our campus will be reopened to admit individuals a minimum of 16 Earth years, so 16 years old, uh, who dream of exceeding their physical, mental, and spiritual limits, who value friendship, camaraderie, honor, and devotion to a greater cause than themselves. All right, let me stop there for a second because this tells us a few things. Um, Starfleet Academy is open for the first time in over a century. This means that Starfleet Academy will definitely happen in the future during the current discovery timeline. Yeah. Okay. Because we know that Starfleet Academy had been shut down, I believe in season four and Tilly basically comes back and they, they like reopen Starfleet in some way, shape or form. Right. <laughs> I don't remember exactly, so, but yeah, it sounds right. Yeah. So, so we know, so this tells us right here that it's definitely happening in that timeline. So this will not be a Starfleet Academy in Kirk's time. Picard's time. Uh, it's going to be in the future. Um, individuals, a minimum of 16 Earth years. That tells you that we're going to see some very young characters. Yes. Um, it tells years? us that. It, it makes me believe that we're going to see a very young person show um, if they're saying 16 Earth years. I don't want to wait for my life to be over. That's what I'm um, hearing. I'm hearing... I'm hearing CW that's, theme song that's is right a now. Really old song. Yeah. So this might be the Riverdale. It, it could be. Now we don't know exactly what's going to happen, but this could be that. I'm assuming. My assumption is this: <laughs> that Discovery is ending, and they need a show to speak to that fan base. And this is the show that will do that because they're going to have probably similar types of characters. Likely, my guess would be that, you know, if she's up to it, and I don't know if she's up to it because I know she's struggling to some degree. Uh, if Tilly is up to being in the next show, then that would make sense to have some sort of a crossover with Discovery. And I wouldn't be surprised if you had Discovery characters somehow involved in this Starfleet Academy show. Right? Well, yeah, I mean, that'd be a great way to... Uh, and and <laughs> what drives me nuts is like... <laughs> Like the same way we feel when we see like Worf show up for the first time, right? We're like, yeah, Worf. Yeah. Like when Stamets turns around, oh, hello, Tilly. Like they're going to act like that is like one of those moments in the show that is, is special. And we'd be like, <sighs> well, for you, it's not going to be special, but there, there's a bunch of people that will be, though. Well, a bunch of people for four seasons and a few years of history, like, they're well, going no, to like, act like it's on the same level of like 35 years of television. It's not the same thing. We are well, not for the them, same. Them it is. <laughs> for them, it is. You know, for them, it is. I get what you're saying. For us, it's it's not. But it's like, um, you know, look, at, I'm not about belittling anybody else's experience watching Star Trek. If they love Discovery, I don't dislike anybody for no, loving Discovery. No, you can like whatever you want. But, right. But, uh, but the cameos are going to play that way. And I don't feel like it's earned. And I can feel I can feel that it's not earned all I like, whether whether well, whether show, you yeah. like it or not. The show may not be for you though. So but, like but it can can it be earned in four four seasons of television? I mean, to the level of like having bones show up on a on a bridge? No. Because that's that's different. But for the people who like for a lot of fans, Discovery is like the only thing they know of Star Trek. Like a lot of people started watching Star Trek at Discovery. 
So imagine if you're watching the original series and all of a sudden TNG comes around and Bones is walking around the ship. You're like, oh my God, that's Bones. Well, oh my God, that's Stamets. He's on uh, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, I mean, to that respect, I can see some it's people not, it's feeling not that the way. Same, though. Will I feel that way? No. Will you feel that way? No. Um, even you know. even that moment with Bones and TNG was earned. It was earned. Decades. How was it earned? Because TOS had three episodes and some movies. Yeah, but it was decades of, of fans. It wasn't. It wasn't four rush seasons that were already ordered at, at 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 season one because Netflix paid for the first two. Like, no offense to Discovery fans. If you like it, that's great. But like, the show has didn't pay its dues. It's it. The show goes forth and acts like like it's like it's on the same level of these legends when it hasn't paid its dues. It forced its way into a, a franchise, a fandom, tried to change it from the inside out, and then when it failed, uh, luckily Paramount the bill was already covered, so they popped another season out. And like I'm not even gonna pretend like it's on the same level as like, writing alone is bad. It's just bad. If the writing, if you're a fan, that's great. But it is in the Star Trek universe. It's not its own thing. This isn't a reboot. If this is a reboot where they bought the name Star Trek and they're starting a whole new show, fine. Do whatever you want. You are existing in the same universe as the last 65 years has. So you have to play nice. You have to follow the rules. It never did. It wanted to act like it was legendary out the gate. Literally coming out of the gate acting like we're on the same level didn't earn a thing, didn't follow the rules, didn't follow the canon. Right. Didn't no, I would say I would say Star Trek marketing, yes, Paramount marketing. I would say everybody wanted it to be the flagship show. I don't know if the actors and the people making the show came out and said we are the same as all other Star Trek shows have ever been. I don't know if that's the case. But I do know that that's what that's the way Paramount wanted it to be seen for sure. Like that was the goal. Like, this is our flagship right, show. Right. They didn't realize like they got themselves hooked into a show that was doomed to fail from the beginning with greater Star Trek fans because the guy who was creating the show had a vision that was inferior to the legacy of what Star Trek really is all about. He literally wanted to change. He wanted to make yes. Star Trek in his own image. And this was his yes. shot. This is his shot. This was his chance to do so. Right. You know, and, and it was telling when, uh, you know, Jason Isaacs, was like, hey, you know, you don't you don't have to like it. You're gonna watch anyways, you nerds. You know, like like that kind of stuff. Like they just don't have the they don't have the respect required to handle to 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 have that status. Well, and well, the funny thing about Jason Isaac saying that is he's not even a big Star Trek guy at no. all. Right. So that means he had to hear that from someone else. Right. Someone else told him. Right. They're gonna watch anyways. Right. You know. Right. And right. That's a great point. Oh my god, that's actually a, a really good point. He admittedly. Has no interest in Star Trek, which means right. someone that did told him that, and he reset that because he thought it, he probably or, thought it sounded cool. Or not, yeah, or well, or someone who who was in the, it's one of the studio people, one of the showmakers. Right. Somebody said, "Look, don't worry about the old fans; they're going to show up." Well, guess what? The old fans showed up for a couple, you know, a few episodes, and then they immediately got angry. So here's right. the deal is like, yeah, they, yeah, you're right. Star Trek fans are going to show up. But if your Star Trek isn't good or isn't doesn't live up to the expectations of your fan base and is doing like weird things, then they're not going to stick around. And we're not saying like you're trying to make it different. Like 
I don't think that anybody who came into Star Trek, whether it's Akiva Goldsman or whoever's in, whoever's making the the original first seasons of Discovery, I thought they thought they were making great Star Trek. You right, know, and, and, and that's that's a fair point that I, I don't think people bring up enough. Like you can criticize the show and the writing and the canon that, but the people that like the writers and the the regular people that were making Star Trek, they were excited to be making Star Trek. They thought they right. were making, they they didn't they didn't go, and this was you already said this, but they didn't go. I want to make a show that's going to be intentionally hated. Right. Yeah. No, they didn't not. do that. No. Right. Of course not. When people said, "Well, what do you think about the?" The, the the old fans what if they don't like it and then that's when jason i and by the way that fool was the only one who said it <laughs> nobody else would say that i'm not sure why he felt so inclined to speak those words which got william shatner pissed off yeah william shatner was like right? excuse me he's like what <laughs> mother hold your, what hold my beer <laughs> right yeah you know and, and so you're right so yeah so we all know you know that discovery has not been um, for legacy fans, it's not been a great show. Now we, it did give us Pike. So, and some of us are like, some people like strange new worlds to some degree, right? It's a better version. I would I still like say, it's not, you know, I would still say it's, it's not the level of Picard season three, you know, but it is definitely a better version yeah. of star Trek. Yeah. It's better, better version of star Trek. You are just mad what they, at what they did to the Gorn and that they killed Hammer. You are, you well, can't get over that. I get it. I understand. I understand. Th those are problematic. And I also, I, I mean, would like Pike to captain a little more than he does. Right. right. All we want is we want Pike to captain more than he cooks. Th yes. That's, in, that's priority. So right he now we're at like 70% cooking, 30% captaining. Let's swap those <laughs> over. Oh, <laughs> right. Right. Let's go 30% cooking, 70% <laughs> captaining. That's what yeah, I got to Yeah. That, that would be good. So, I mean, and, like, and if I had a personal, uh, uh, request more sexy Spock. Okay, that's fair. Just a, um, lot, a lot more sexy Spock. Please. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, All stop right. making this weird. I okay, watched an and... entire c c series of just uh, Spock on Vulcan <laughs> being sexy Spock. with his shirt off. Is with his shirt off. Yeah, and to Paul. Um, oh my goodness. Oh, woof, beautiful. So I'm I'm waiting to see what season two looks like. I'm I'm maintaining optimism for season two. I'm a little concerned about how Paul Wesley's going to fill in as Kirk in season two. It makes me a little nervous, but I have an open mind about it, and um, I'm hoping that it's good. I'm also hoping that Discovery season five somehow um, is a lot better than season four. You know, my you know I really hope that they did everything that they said, and they they said they're embracing like the TOS. Uh, the TOS um, formula, I guess, is the way episodic. You know, I don't know if they're going episodic completely, but they're definitely using elements of it. Um, I think if they get away from like, um, you know, making mental um, mental issues like the centerpiece of the entire series, like that's a problem. Like, get on to telling good Star Trek stories, and we'll see what happens. Mm. Um, so there's that. But then it's gone, and now we got Starfleet Academy. And I do think Starfleet Academy is going to be a continuation. Just knowing how the studio works, I believe it will be a continuation of whatever Discovery is doing so that they can maintain the fan base that they've cultured. Because think about it. If they get rid of Discovery and they don't replace it with something that's along the lines of, of that fan base, there's nothing for the fan base. Unless they, unless they come on over to Strange New Worlds, which they might be watching that as well. Um, and there would be that, but I just feel like they're going to try to stay there. If it is true, we get some short limited series with some of the legacy Star Trek characters 
then uh, that might be a way to try to you know bring in you know older trek fans as well so yet to see how that's explored um we should probably you want to go through the rest of this thing here yeah so uh so this is part of their announcement at startrek.com so the coursework will be rigorous the instructors among the brightest lights in their respective fields and those accepted will live and study side by side with the most diverse population of students ever admitted okay that tells me right there the coursework the instructors uh, are among the brightest lights in their respective fields and those accepted will live and study side by the most diverse population of students ever admitted i'm not sure why you need to put that in there so there's a couple of things there's a red flag here it's a virtual signaling bro so yeah so yeah. if you're if you felt like you needed to put the most diverse population of students here in order to like tagline and get attention of of uh, star trek fans that all they care about is intimate uh, infinite diversity amongst uh, infinite combinations like then that's not the right reason to do that we all assume that starfleet academy cadets are diverse they're of all shapes sizes and colors mm -hmm. they're of all they're of all genders and yeah. races they're of all alien they're aliens there's yeah. humans there's all kinds of stuff there's green people diverse. people with antennas people with prosthetics and tails yeah okay yeah sure do you need to say it's the most diverse? Are you virtue signaling here? In That's 2023? Looks like you have to say that. I mean, I'm just saying, like, we all know that's the case. So are you saying it because you're... So that could be like, you know, be prepared for... But look, it's it shouldn't be that big of a surprise. If it's following up Discovery, Discovery is built on diversity. Like, Discovery is about diversity. That's, you know, kind of what that Star Trek show is about. That's about mental So health. it would not be a big surprise if Starfleet Academy was a continuation of the discovery model and there was that idic you know as kind of like the guiding principle it used to be that star trek's guiding principle was hope right um and somehow idic has become like the guiding principle of star trek and you know when gene roddenberry first started doing tos he definitely saw the future as being diverse because in the 1960s you know hollywood was not diverse you know uh we are our, our the, the United States culture was going through uh, uh, terrible struggles with um, with race relations and, and all kinds of things that were happening at that time. It was a really tough time. Um, and so he showed a future of that. But I want to be very clear. Gene Roddenberry did not intend for Star Trek to be about diversity. It was not about that. It was about, you know, the future hopefulness of humanity being able to all get along somehow there's there's groups of, of fans in Star Trek that have kind of locked into the fact that Star Trek is only about diversity, right? Okay, Star Trek by its nature is diverse, right? Like it's in nature. You don't need to hijack that and right. make it about that shit. It's about diversity. Like go back to the, to the original series. That's right. a diverse crew, folks. Right. So look. So that's already a, a messaging thing. We should just assume that with everything that we do, okay, as moving forward. And we should focus on Star Trek being good, you know, hope, the future of humanity, good guiding strong principles, right? Captains, first officers, and Starfleet people who are who are trying to forward the agenda of peace throughout the galaxy and, yep. and hope and goodwill towards all, all things. 
right? That's what should be the focus of it. While, in, while at that time, you're telling good stories with good, strong characters that are interesting science fiction, and you've got nice little sciencey thing in there that all Star Trek fans love. Like, that's what it should be about. And military decorum. I don't want to hear a bunch of, like, uh, Zoomers screaming at their instructors. Right. And, you know, Brian oh, Fuller said something. You don't even know how I'm going through today. Oh, we have a super chat from Orville Nation. I'm with Brian. Orion Greenchicks, Greenchicks base series. Yes. <laughs> yes. Hashtag yeah. green grannies. Bring it yeah. back. Yeah, we talked with um with Kirk Acevedo about like doing a Star Trek Underworld show, mm-hmm. where can you imagine like or the Orion slave trade oh, and all that God, stuff? Yeah, that'd be great. You know, but but going back to, you know, there was something that was said a while back by the guy who created Discovery, Brian Fuller, and he what he said was he thinks, and he wasn't being mean about it. It was just like his thoughts. He's like, well, people on the left. You know, they're all about like the diversity of Star Trek and the people on the right. They're all about like the military fascism of Star Trek. Right. Right. That was like his comment. And here's the funny thing about it. It's like Star Trek fans aren't about like one or the other. At least they shouldn't be. They should be about the idea that it's all together. Yes. Like like the like Star Trek TOS was a military organization. There was a hierarchy. There are people at command levels. There are people who had to follow orders. Sometimes Kirk had to order people to their deaths. Like it had to happen. Yeah. Right. That's what that was about because that's what the military is. And it's a science fiction show at the same time. And it's about diversity and it's about hope. It can be about all those things. I don't think people on the right necessarily said, oh, I only like this because it's militaristic. That's not what it is. And I'm sorry if people on the left only liked it because of its diversity, then what the heck are you doing watching science fiction? Right. You know, so it should be a combination of those things. So what Picard season three has done is it's continued the military tradition with the respect for military as, as it should be. And, and it kind of follows those protocols of hope and all that good stuff. Now, strange new worlds kind of has a little bit of that problem. There's like this kind of loosey goosey. I'm in charge. I'm not in charge. You know, so, you know, there should be no doubt that that Captain Pike is in charge of his ship. Right. 100 percent. Just as just as there should be no doubt that Michael Burnham is in charge of her ship. Period. Right. Right. You know, that's the way the military works. The captain's in charge. So, I mean, I think as long as they continue trying to tell those stories in those ways, then there's definitely possible hope. But this whole thing that, like, we need to focus on diversity as opposed to just recognizing that Star Trek is diverse by nature and that's the way we should make star trek then maybe that's what we should focus on i entirely agree and i think that's the best place to end this clip yeah uh if you want to know more about this you can actually look into it i we should have probably instead of ending it there though we should probably because we did say we we're going to talk about noga uh, landau oh, okay well, runner. i will not know yeah it's right let's look at noga landau so Noga Landau, if you look at her IMDb, she is a writer. She's known for the Nancy Drew 2019 series. She, uh, yeah, so she did, uh, she was a writer creator of Nancy Drew, which I did not see. She did 49 episodes of Nancy Drew from 2019 to 2022. Uh, she also did Tom Swift. Uh, for for 10 episodes. 
Um, she was a producer for eight episodes on C, which I didn't see that show because Apple doesn't like me and won't allow me to watch their stuff. Um, but I know the Salty Nerd guys covered it. Did you know if C was any good with Jason Momoa? Yeah. Oh, I mean, here's the deal, though. I, I can watch Jason Momoa, like, working out and be entertained. Okay, yeah. So I'm not a good... Uh, so I'm not, I'm not she doesn't have... She doesn't I, but have I did, I did, I'm sorry. I did watch The Magicians. And it was horrible. Okay, so she doesn't have a lot of experience. But but what this looks like to me is a, it's a whole lot of young person stuff. Right. Nancy, looks Nancy Drew was like, okay, but I only watched a few episodes. Okay, so I'm just, yeah, I mean, not good or bad. I'm not saying good or bad. I'm just saying it seems young, younger directed. So it looks like she's going to have a pulse on probably a younger audience. So you can expect that Starfleet Academy, as we already said, is going to be that way. Um, I haven't, but I haven't seen Tom Swift or Nancy Drew. I remember Nancy Drew from when I was a kid in the books, but I don't know uh, what it was about. If it was, if it had elements of, um, you know, wokeness, I guess, if you want to call it that, if it was, was it a good story? And I don't, and I can't say if maybe if you guys have seen it, <laughs> it said CW. So it came from the CW. What were you saying? Yeah, most of this is CW based. Okay, so she's yeah. a CW writer, and now right. she's going to yeah. be a showrunner. And on now Star she's going to make CW. A CW Star Trek. No, and yeah. if you look, Nancy Drew, Tom Swift, uh, the Magicians, it's 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 all in the same CW sort of Riverdale. Um, yeah, you know. Well, and that's an audience that the Star Trek that Star Trek producers want to cultivate. They want the they want a CW young audience because they're the people who are growing up and are going to be around for a while. So I get that they're having a target audience. Like I said, doesn't bother me a bit if they have start, there's plenty of star Trek for, for everybody. If they continue making shows for everybody. And that's so the ticket Shane. Yeah. Like not can, every star Trek show has to speak to me. Right. Make whatever you want, but like you got to have something for us, uh, us, the, 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 the legacy fans that got you here. Right. Like, yeah, you can't ignore seventy years, right? And just go after the Zoomer crowd, right? You can't do that. You, you yeah, gotta... and you also need to, even if you have the Zoomer crowd, and if you're making that Star Trek, you still have to respect canon. Like you still yes. have to like consider what's happened before. As a showrunner, maybe you're young, and maybe you're like, well, I'm going to do things my way. I'm going to make my Trek. Well, you can do that, but you need to respect the canon that's come before, and don't like wreck it. You know, we can't get into a situation where nobody understands what real what the actual canon of things that have happened. We don't want to confuse this universe. It's you know, it's it's been wonderfully constructed over years and years and years. And we have this idea of how it's supposed to work. So just all we ask is that if you're show running a show that you respect what's come from before. I think that's that's key. My question is, why does that have to be even said? Like, well, because because it hasn't happened. So we have to say it because they didn't do that. For I know, some but show. like, let's let's say you got hired to make, you know, um, Ant Man four. Are you just gonna ignore the first three movies? Like, well, no, but that, but in that case, there is only three movies. In the case of Star Trek, you've got fifty years and you've got hundreds of episodes. Okay, so, so let's say Avengers, you know, fifteen movies, like eight, twenty movies, or whatever. Are you gonna ignore all that and do your own thing? Well, 15 is different than 500. I mean, you know, there, there is, yeah. you know, th there is an element of difficulty 
Like, like nobody should be running a Star Trek show that isn't prepared to be like all in on the information. Like you should not be a showrunner of a show if you don't understand the IP, you know, and, and yeah, I up. get like, you have to have new showrunners and young people come in. And I really hope that what happens here is, um, is that Noga uh, comes in and she's like, look, you know, we're going to respect Star Trek. You know, yes, it's going to be targeted at young people. And yeah, a lot of legacy fans may not want to watch it because it's got a lot of teen angst involved in it or whatever else is going on, but we're still going to tell Star Trek stories. And I got to tell you something, if you do that, even if it is kind of like that, I mean, look at the Wednesday show on Netflix, a bunch of old people watch that show. Yeah. I love that <laughs> right? show. And I, I, t- and I told her one six months before it came out, how great it was going to be. Well, and okay. Well, congratulations, sir. I mean, I just said I saw I saw the writing on the wall, bro. Jenna Ortega. No, you saw the actress, and then you said, "Yeah, that's going to be a great show." But so what happened was is what happened because she is actually Wednesday in like real life. Yeah. So what happened was is it was true to the nature of the character, and it worked out, and people came and watched it. And the same thing will happen for all Star Trek shows. Did I want to watch Star Trek Prodigy? No. You give me Janeway back in there and all of a sudden we've got all the Starfleet ideals of the Federation and I'm like feeling hopeful and like, oh my God, what is this feeling I'm having about, about this cartoon? Yeah, it's great. I'm going to show up. And they can do the same thing for, uh, you know, for a Starfleet Academy show if they respect Star Trek. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, you're in, and you're, oh, you are totally right. And with that, hit that subscribe button on the way to the comment section to let Shane know that he's crazy. I am crazy, just like Vatic. All right, um, and with that said, we are going to be going into the members section. Sorry, I forgot to tease that a little earlier. I apologize. But we, Wait, oh, we got it. Yeah, that was it, huh? That was it. We're going to the members section. We're going to be talking about Quantum Leap, and we're going to be a little more uh, connected with y'all. We're going to be a little more communicated with, with you guys and talk about stuff you guys want to talk about. And... What's going on with Quantum Leap? There's a lot of crazy stuff going on with Quantum Leap right now. This last episode was insane. Um, yeah, so. but come over to the member section so that way, because we don't do a lot of chatting with you guys here. Um, we definitely you know take care of all your super chats and everything. But if you want to like just in the member section, we're just talking with the people in the member section. So come on over if you want to hang out. Okay. So if you want to know how to get there, it's uh, it's pretty simple. Um, and I, and if you've been here before, you know, you know how this goes, but I got to say it either you click the link in the description, you click the link. I just put in the chat or you do literally nothing and you wait for it to take you there. If you can't come, um, and you can't be a member, totally get it. Understood. That's cool. Our review on podcast prime is coming for this last episode is coming out tomorrow. Um, we're probably going to have something for April 1st, hopefully. And then again, Raw rant on Monday with the legendary Todd Stashwick. And one last super chat before we hit the member section from Insane Hippie Insane. You expect CW writers and showrunners to stay true to Star Trek franchise. You are sadly mistaken. You did see what they did to Batman, right? I did. And I yeah. don't I don't I expect it. I don't think I don't think it's gonna happen. But I do I expect any writer that comes into a franchise with 500 episodes to be aware of what those episodes are. I expect that. Now, does that mean they're going to, I don't, I don't think it will happen. Well, yeah, like, like that old, like that old saying, when you go, don't do your best, do my best. Right. 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 Well, and and here's the other thing, uh, insane, hippie, hippie, insane. 
Um, I don't expect it, but I really hope it. Like I, I'm the writing's on the wall for some of these people, but I'm going to give this person a chance. They haven't done anything yet. You know, I'm not, my, my expectations, my expectations are super low uh, because, you know, it, I kind of, we've been down this road before, but God, I really hope she does. And I get surprised and I'm like, Hey, you know, uh, these, you know, I don't really enjoy digging, watching necessarily what's going on here, but it's star Trek and I want to watch that. So it could be, it could happen. Yeah. Okay, and one more, one more super chat from Dan Candy. Picard episode seven is the one you can skip on the rewatch. I mean, it's up to you, Dan. I mean, uh, you know, if you there, it, if you watch it through one time and you're like, okay, I got it, then that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the things that I really like about the episode, I love seeing Tuvok. Wouldn't mind watching through that episode, that scene one more time. Um, interesting watching Jack take control of of Sydney. Um, and I love the scenes with, with data and Jordy. Um, you know, so for me, there's, there's rewatchability and listen, if you want more of this, then we should rewatch it if we can, you know, I, I have no shame in putting that sucker on, on a loop. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know? Okay. That said, we are going to go to the member section. Thank you so much for being here today and joining us on this, uh, wonderful pickle party unleashed Thursday, whatever we're calling it. Um, but we are going to the member section. Be sure to check out the review tomorrow on Popcats Prime. Uh, Salty Saturday on Saturday and Raw Rant with the legendary Todd Stashwick on Monday. Love you guys. See you at the member section. Love you guys.